This episode of the Hammerlock Hangover is brought to you by... Ripple Non-Dairy Milk, Stars, Xfinity Home, Progressive Insurance, a prescription gout medication, Bounty <laughs> the Quicker Picker Upper, Star Wars Lego, and Geico Insurance. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I am Steve, and I'm joined by my tag team partner in podcasting. That is Jeff. Jeff, we've got uh, breaking news. Uh, we might be one of the very few first uh, podcasts this week to discuss the latest round of releases. No, we're not talking about Keith Lee. We're talking about the November 18th version of of releases for wwe um but before we get into those um i want to start out by thanking everybody for tuning in much appreciated to all the fans new and old um thank you for tuning in and tapping into hammerlock hangover if you like the podcast previous or even this show please make sure you leave a like wherever you're listening to us and also leave a review uh that helps us with our uh with our reviews and, and, and spreading the word, uh, the good gospel of the Hammerlock Hangover. I want to shout out our podcasting networks. I want to shout out the Wrestling Soup Network, the At Mark Media Network, and also the Pro Wrestling Coalition. Thank you guys for carrying the Hammerlock Hangover. Please make sure you check out the other shows on those networks, those fine, fine products and networks. Jeff, how are you this week? I'm great. This is actually my fourth podcast, wrestling podcast of this week, including the ones that the ones you're talking about for two of those three fine networks, the Atmark Media Group and the PWC. And one of them also was on the Hameen Media Group, which we are not yet a part of, but maybe one day, you never know. Shout out to the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll, Ben Hameen. But yeah, I was on the skirmish which went live it was live for a couple hours and it's also will be released in regular podcast form on the nxt conflict last night and the monday night machismo which was about raw so i am well versed in everything and preparing to go watch full gear i actually watched it twice um was raring to go ready to do everything about it oh i was on the blow off also which was also on those three networks which was a full gear review Geez, this is my fifth wrestling podcast this week. Um, and now right, we're with these releases. I saw you on the uh, the AEW review, and we'll get into AEW full gear results and our Maybe. thoughts on the whole thing. Um, <laughs> Maybe, if we have time. <laughs> oh, we'll have time. We, we What do we got to do? We got nothing better to do. No, we'll be here all night. It's okay. We're going we're gonna to be here all night just reviewing uh, releases and results and uh, predictions. On this show, you're going to get, like we said, we're going to talk about releases. We were going to recap before these new releases got dropped, uh, right before we started recording on Thursday night. We were going to do a year in review of all the releases 
and now there's more releases to add. So, well, let's um, start with the year in review and then go into the new ones so that we get this like full giant picture, if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't want to bury the lead because I, I want to say, like, it's since it's, it is breaking news, I want to kind of just kind of jump into it and then we kind of can go back. So we also smart. got, like I said, full gear results. We've got WWE Survivor Series 2021 predictions and other wrestling news, including Ric Flair feeling slighted by the WWE again and uh, other things to discuss ratings as usual. So let's just get into it, Jeff. Let's talk about the latest releases. Breaking news, Sean Ross Sapp, I think, was the first to report it on Twitter uh, around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, the latest names to be released are John Morrison, Top Dalla, Ashanti the Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and finally, everybody was asking about this guy for the longest, longest time, Jackson Riker. Which, Jackson by the way, we predicted several of these a few weeks ago, and I'm still going to stick with the, there's going to be more, including if you don't, if anyone doesn't think Danny Birch is, is going to be released, you're you, you out of your goddamn mind. What has Danny Birch done to you? I don't know, but but his tag team partner's gone. I mean, one of one guy is up to on the main roster. I mean, you know, Timothy Thatcher, unless he's a coach, he's he's gone too. Yeah, this is a this is just a wild, wild list here. Um, it's a bloodbath. Any sur any sur surprises here, Jeff? Well, I mean, the obvious surprises are the three male members of Hit Row, just because they were called up so quickly. I mean, but I wouldn't say it was. I mean, it, it was sort of telegraphed by B. Fab, and I said I'd be worried if I was Ashante the Adonis, and we had the whole discussion of which is the tag team and which isn't. Um, so I'm not surprised about Ashante the Adonis, but to give up on Top Dollar and Swerve so quickly. Now I know that Top Dollar got into a little heat this week for you know sort of his rap was considered or his dissing of the shanky rap was considered to be racist but come on that that was a minor thing and and shanky's not a, i mean shanky and ginger's rap was supposed to be shitty so that, that was sort of the whole point of it i mean shanky still has a job for god's sake i can't believe it uh but the real surprise for me for now is right is john morrison um, and I guess I, I mean, nothing surprises me too much any longer. I mean, unless it was like Randy Orton, <laughs> that would be a major surprise. Um, yeah. but you know, his wife got released. So I imagine maybe he was pissed, but he is also the Miz's best friend. And if anyone is a, is like a sacred cow, I would think it's the Miz and Morrison's one of those guys like Dolph Ziggler or Bobby Roode that you can plug into anything. You can, he can he can be your hard loser. He can he can be a winner. He can be in a tag team. He can be a face. He can be a heel. He's super athletic. Uh, you know I I don't I, that one surprised me, but I guess Hit Row is probably the big surprise. I mean, obviously the ones I predicted don't surprise me, and honestly I don't think I predicted Shane Thorne because I forgot he existed. So hey. <laughs> I, I'm shocked about Isaiah Swerve Scott. I've seen him in the Indies. I saw him several years ago and was very impressed with his ring work. And I think, you know, the style that he was, um, his gimmick in NXT was was 
good. It was interesting. I wouldn't say it was over, but I would say that there was a fan base that was gaining for him and Hit Row. And it's just a shame because I, I know I've seen this guy be very talented in the ring. And I think he's really good on the mic too. And I just think they just didn't give him enough time or an, for an opportunity. Um, you know, I know I've been very critical of Keith Lee and the opportunities given to him. And this is the complete opposite. Um, besides the two promos they had uh, recently, like what, what opportunity were they given? They weren't even given a month. I, I agree. Uh, I mean, I could try to make sense of it. I would try. I would try to make sense of it if I could. I can't. I mean, I look at Isaiah Swerve and I never really think he's a WWE guy. But I don't know what a WWE guy is anymore. I mean, they have plenty of the the sort of the lanky athletic guys now. So why would why wouldn't he be a WWE guy? He he's a good talker. He can be a face. He can be a heel. And he was teamed with Top Dollar, who's a giant. They used to like giants until. Six months ago, I was pretty sure that's exactly what they were doing. And so, you know, but then they dropped half their giants. So mm -hmm. I, I I don't know what to say. I, you know, I used to think at least I had a beat on what WWE's plans were. So then I could, I could riddle out the logic. I could find the through line. I can't any longer. I, I mean, the budget cuts to talent is disproportionate to the budget cuts for the rest of the company. The rest of the company a year ago had... 900 full-time employees per their annual report. So it's probably actually closer to two years ago. So last year they had 700. So they dropped 200 employees. You, you, you can do it. It's a little bit more than 20%. It's probably like 24% or something like that. Um, the amount of talent that's been released in that same time period is well over 100 wrestlers now. I mean, I I just counted uh, just in 2021 alone, we've got over, over 60 names here. And when, you know, this latest round of cuts um, were, again, done by John Laurinaitis. He's the hitman for uh, Vince and Tony. I was about to say. Just hitting John. send on the email. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, the, he's the hitman for Vince and Nick Khan. And... You know, they, he cited budget cuts. Again, budget sure. cuts. So when you look at it, like, let's let's assume we were playing this game right before we started recording. If you hit, um, if, if let's say all these guys just are making a base salary of $100,000, you're talking about over a year, you've just cut $6 million worth of payroll. And... You know, there's a lot of criticism of, of, and I've seen jokes and memes online about like, hey, there's Survivor Series teams that they can't even put together, War Games teams they can't even put together uh, because they've done so many cuts. Obviously, they still have people for those spots, but I mean, 60 names in one year alone, and the year's not over yet. And, we're and, getting and none of them are Dominic players. Mysterio. And none of them are Dominic Mysterio. None of them are um, Tazawa. Tamina Snuka. Oh, my God. Dana um, Brooke. You know, this 60 is a lot. You know, besides just the payroll hit, you, you think, you know, 
and obviously like guys like Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, they weren't making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh yeah, they were so making can, more, much more. You can assume that that six million dollar figure a year is much more probably closer to eight or nine. Um, you know, it it's just you can see why they would cut fat, trim fat. This is so much fat on their payroll that like you could all the names that we're about to shout out for the entire 2021 year, you can start your own promotion with these guys. Possibly you could start three promotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's I mean, go th- and the entire Ring of Honor roster was just released. And to my yeah, knowledge, yeah. the only one who got a full-time job out of it so far was Jay Lethal. There's rumors that the Briscoes have signed with AEW. It's not been confirmed, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. But, I mean, hell, there's... There's four 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 full rosters just from this year, healthy rosters of like a 30, 30 person squad, uh, which is probably what Impact has on contract um, right now out there. Uh, not even including the people that were released a year ago last year that that still haven't gotten jobs or since got jobs and were since released. Let's go through some of these names, Jeff. And, you know, originally before these latest round, this this latest round of releases were announced, we were going to kind of go through the 2021 releases and kind of, you know, point which one is doing better or worse, you know, as far as um, after their release. So I'll start with, we'll start in chronological order. Um... February 4th, Steve Macklin and Lars Sullivan are released. Well, Steve Macklin is in impact, so he's clearly not doing better financially. Career-wise, I guess that book is yet to be written, but I, I, you know, I color me skeptical. Lars Sullivan, he's done. He, he, he reached the apex of his life at age 26 or whatever age he was. I agree with you. I'm just going to keep steamrolling through. If I have any critical thoughts, I'll, I'll jump in. On March 21st, we had one guy, and that's Andrade. He asked for his release, and it was granted. Financially, probably doing worse or similar. Career-wise, I would say so far, it's a push. I, I mean, I know the temptation is to say he's doing better in A&W, but is he? He's probably been on six matches, and I'm not. And the program he's in right now, while three weeks ago it was sort of interesting when it was him and Malachi Black as a, as a team, now it's sort of got gotten convoluted and bogged into you know these four to seven man groups. So I'm gonna call it a push, but he's maybe happier. Hopefully he's happier. I don't know, but a push. I I mean when you see him talk online, he seems happier. But as far as his use, what I mean I get I guess it's six of one, half dozen of the other, right, Jeff? Like. Is it better for you to be used week after week after week in mid to lower card shenanigans and meaningless feuds? Or would you rather be used four or five times a year in what is seemingly meaningful story arcs in the in the mid to low card of AEW? I mean, I guess it depends on where you are in your career and what your career goals are. I mean, if you're asking me, Jeff Lippman, Evil Dose, 
I'm going to take whichever one pays me the most money. That That's what I want because this is a job for me. If I'm Daniel Bryan and I'm in my 40s and, and, I wanna, and I've already made tons of money and I want to do what I want to do, then then I'll do what I do. But he's but he is more on top card than than bottom card. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, I saw the quote that Jeff Cobb said that WWE offered him a contract, but he, you know, he wanted to focus on his career. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, th- that sounds dopey to me if you're someone that's in the prime of your career and you're going to make that big money. But it sounds less dopey to me. You know, over the since the last six months, when some of these releases have just plain old floored me. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't sign with WWE right now unless I had no other options or I had a contract which did not allow them to release me. Or if it did, that they had to pay me my full amount, not for 90 days, but for a year. And and I could and I was not bound to a non-compete. It was just severance. But do you think, like, you bring up a good point. That's a good idea in principle. But how many of these names really have that type of negotiating power coming from NXT? No one has, no one has that negotiating power coming from any place. Uh, Okada couldn't get that deal with WWE because clearly they don't care. Their, their, their vision is just to make events uh, that, that the family can go to and sit down on a Saturday night, on you know, turn on Peacock and be like, yay, and then... You know, and then from yep. there they watch, you know, the football game on Peacock the next week and they watch the Da Vinci Code or whatever, you know, new movies or TV shows are going to be Peacock exclusives. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I cannot make sense of this. I, I can't do it. I mean, of course I can make sense of Shane Thorne and Drake Maverick being released. Those things make perfect sense to me. I can't make sense of this larger trend or what kind of career advice to give people. I mean, a few years ago, you know, you could take what Booker T and Scott Hall to the bank, cash the checks on, take the money, son. You never know when you're going to make it. Now you sign a contract, you come up to the main roster and they release your entire act, you know, in two parts within five weeks. One televised match. That's, I mean, it's, it's crap. Yeah. You're referring to hit row. Let's keep going down this timeline. So, after WrestleMania, we have a big, uh, the first big set of releases, and this happens on April 15th. We have J- Samoa Joe, The Iconics, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucky. Nobody's really crying over Tucky. Kalisto, Bo Dallas, and Wesley Blake. Not a single one of them is doing better than they were before. Several of them, as far as I know, are not employed. Samoa Joe apparently is still employed by NXT doing something. I, I, I would argue about Mickey James. I feel like Mickey James is doing better uh, creatively. There and... is no way she's making the same money she was before. Mm, but you my, know, my guess James is, is, I bet she's making two thirds less than she was before. Yeah, but I think, you know, she's probably, I don't know. You know what? I, I disagree. I mean, I she was brought in on a, probably like a Legends contract. I don't think she was making all that much to begin with. No, she wasn't brought on a Legends contract. Legends contracts, are they're basically a retainer. That's, it's, it's different than a talent contract. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Mickey James was making all that much on, in, on 
the WWE. And I'm telling you, she's making nothing between Impact and NWA and these indies, which is why she has her podcast, which she's probably not making much on either. Well, I, I would say, like, there's, again, obviously we already talked about, there's, to Jeff Cobb's comments, there is the money. Sure, the money can make a lot of problems go away. But there's also having that creative freedom to want to, you know, be able to give your own character, your own gimmick a push in the right direction. And I feel Mickey James is definitely, tre- as we say when we talk about ratings, trending up in that aspect. I mean, she is the T, uh, they don't call it TNA anymore, the Impact Women's World Champion. You mean Impact did 79,000 viewers last week? She's, isn't she also the NWA champion? The NWA, which, I mean, come on. Uh, is is there not somebody out there who who is, I mean, is anybody not shocked that they're still in business? Uh, I think we've been saying that we're shocked. Everybody's still shocked that Impact is still in business. But again, they're... No, no, NWA. In, oh, NWA, Impact, yeah. They're, they're, the aliens come, can come down and bombard this planet with... <laughs> Doses of gamma rays and nobody can survive and impact will still be on. <laughs> All right. Any other names? I mean, the Iconics too, I feel like they're, they were broken up before. Now they're back together. I want to so say creatively they're doing better. Okay. Are you talking about creative? Creatively- it's two <laughs> aspects. It's two aspects though, Jeff. Like it's creative and financial, right? It's like, it's, it's. They're doing you know, the beautiful people. They're, it's, they're doing basically the same gimmick except they're mean girls. Are, that's are, always are, been their gimmick. Do, do you feel the same about Bronson Reed, Jonah, who now debuted in Impact, and he's going to no, and he's no, challenging for what is he challenge? He's going to challenge Moose for the Impact Tag Team for the Impact World Championship just because he's Jonah. The you're going to have the whale versus Moose. The only thing that would have saved Jonah creatively would have been if he would have accepted uh the idea of taking over as the fiend no one would have known the difference so so the inspiration creatively better jonah not creatively better got it because because you went from being bronson reed to jonah but he's also working in new japan strong and who else is working in new japan strong Buddy Matthews, Kachi, Kachi, Kachu, Kachu Okada. God bless um, you. Right. Brody King. I mean, there's all sorts of excitement going on there that absolutely nobody is watching. Uh, to, to, Tomohiro Ishii. By the way, before I forget, I owe a huge apology to the estate, family, and heirs of King Kong Bundy. When I said that <laughs> Tomohiro Ishii was a miniature version of King Kong Bundy. I did not realize what an insult I had just levied on the Bundy name. <laughs> Tomo Ishii Hiro is basically if you order Rhino and what Wish delivers. Oh my God. Wow. I don't know what to say to that. Would you, okay, how about this? How about we do this? Would you rather be the Iconics right now or would you rather be Jonah? I would rather be Jonah. You're out of your fucking mind. I'd rather be the iconic. Listen, they're all with impact for the same reason. They're getting forty-two thousand dollars a year, whatever is the whatever is the minimum for a year-round indie wrestler, right? 
and they're getting their work visa sponsored. The end. That's why they're an impact. They're not there because they want to be. You know what you haven't seen from Jonah? All those tweets that are like, look out, world, I'm coming. <laughs> anyway, listen, he got a job. Good for him. He's he's one of the lucky ones. All right. Um, where are we? April 15th. May 19th. Jessamine Duke. <laughs> okay. On June 2nd, we have our second large set of releases. These include Santana Garrett, Ruby Riot, Lana... Buddy Murphy, Malachi Black, and Braun Strowman. Yeah, we, we, we discussed these at length. Kick me in the gut. The only sort of update is that Santana Garrett seems to have some relationship with AEW where she appears repeatedly. I don't think we've seen one of those. Santana Garrett is all elites. But she's basically, I mean, she's a jobber there. She's enhancement talent there. What about Ruby Wright? I feel like she's doing better. Um, financially, I don't know, but career-wise, I mean, so far, but I mean, the women's division there certainly isn't as prominent, so we'll see what happens. I mean, sometimes when they forget about you, they tend to really forget about you there, um, but let's, let's say yes, let's, let's say Ruby's doing better. Uh, it, it's fine. I, you know, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of names to go through, and we're not even talking about the ones from last year. But so, okay, let's let's give let's give Ruby the check. Okay, so that's that's one check. Malachi Black. He's, I mean, financially no, but he's but he's doing better. I mean, though I, I will say this this last week is so you know like like C. Andrade. He's sort of in this miasma now where he was doing something really cool, and now it's gotten less cool. I'd argue Malachi Black is probably making the same amount of money that he made in WWE because if he made like base entry level NXT call up money to the main roster, and we agreed that that might be, again, we have no, this is all speculation. If anybody has this info on what an NXT superstar makes, or no, no, when they uh, make it to the main roster, like what's the base minimum? of uh salary for main roster talent out of nxt please inbox us um i mean i think that the, they typically jump up to 120 as the minimum so right between 120 and 150 but if they were already making like adam cole which was he was probably at the 150 level post march they probably jump up to 180 so i think malachi black with his aw check plus he's getting a shit ton of indie bookings for signings and actual wrestling gigs. I think, is he working a hell of a lot more? Yeah, probably. But I want to say he's making as much money, if not close to it. And he's got what he wants, creative freedom. He's booked better in AEW than he was in WWE. So I'm going to put a check next. I I don't, I mean, for a couple months, he was awesome. We'll see. I mean... Is this his prospects look better? I'm putting a check next to his name. That's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm not, I'm not here to be a contrarian. Okay. Um. Let's see. So that's June 2nd. Let's go to June 25th. We have another big, huge set of releases, mostly out of NXT. They include Everrise, Aria Davari, Tony Nice, Arturo Ruas. 
Fandango, Tyler Breeze, The Bollywood Boys, Marina Shafir, August Gray, Kurt Stallion, and Killian Dane. Um, who Kurt Stallion, Killian Dane were the last two? Correct. Okay. I mean, a bunch of those folks are in AEW. A bunch of them are, to my knowledge, unemployed. To my knowledge, Killian Dane probably has been shipped back to Ireland. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I would say most of the most of them are doing worse. I mean, 2.0 maybe is in a more prominent position. I mean, they showed up on TV on Rampage last night. They had been missing for the past five weeks or so. Um, I don't know. I mean, you want to put, put a check next to them, that's fine. But the, the, the rest of them, definitely not. Who am I putting? Uh, Everrise? If you want. I mean, I'm, I'm not sold on that. I, I don't really know for sure. But I'd say they're doing at least the same. I mean, I think they're doing better as far as branding is concerned and being used. I mean, even in NXT, they weren't even being used. August Gray, I'm going to call that a push. I don't feel he's better or worse. Uh, all right, so that's June 25th. Let's go to July 31st. We see Bray Wyatt be released. Killed me. Right now? Absolutely, absolutely killed me. Well, he's in Hollywood now doing a horror movie, so I'm going to say he's doing better, but he's apparently, you know, he, he's not in wrestling. If Is that long-term? I don't know. For his sake, I hope it is. Alrighty, August third sees Ric Flair again. Ric Flair uh, was released. This not because of what happened with the plane ride from hell. He just asked for his release, um, and then WWE granted it. And right. then right. a couple right. weeks after that, the plane ride from hell happened. Right. Then, then, then he stepped into shitstorm after shitstorm, ancient shitstorm, and he's still creating shitstorms. Yeah. So. He's definitely not doing better than he was, right? Fuck no. August 6th, a couple days later after Ric Flair, we see another set of NXT talent. This includes Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Mercedes Martinez, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Jake Atlas. Yeah, the, the, this is, none of them are doing better. They're all Not doing even Bobby more. Fish? No, definitely not. I mean, he, I mean, he was part of the Undisputed Era, which was one of the top... I mean, now the Undisputed Era had broken up, arguably. I mean, he's enhancement talent in AEW. He's, you know, he's... I'm sure they're taking care of him, okay? You know, let's let's say that Bobby Fish's NXT career trajectory was definitely on the down. In AEW, it's at least back to where it was, possibly going up, or at least he can have a, a you know, He'll have at least a year run with this elite and then elite breaking up civil war kind of story. So let let's you can we can call Bobby Fish doing better if we want to be optimists. All right, so I'm gonna put a check next to his name. Bronson Reed. Well, you you already talked about Jonah that he's worse than the iconic. So there you that I mean your word is law. Exactly. So I I, I think he's uh, to be determined. Mercedes Martinez, what about her? Definitely worse. Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like I want to argue that one, but... I mean, if you want to go creatively it. and doing things, yeah. She's she, she's she's doing that. Um, financially, definitely not. 
Um, we'll see. I mean, you want to call it a push? I'm okay with that. Oh, all righty. I mean, I you know, just just for to jog people's memories or for new listeners, I think they're releasing Santana Garrett, Mercedes Martinez, and Mickey James were all enormous mistakes in the women's division. Um, in the men's division, I don't want to go through the, through the list right now because there's too many. Just listen to past episodes. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to November fourth. The biggest uh, set of names to date. That included Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Scarlett, Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Ava Marie, Mia Yim, Harry Smith, Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, B-Fab, Frankie Monet, Oni Lorcan, Jesse Kamea. There's a couple others, but they are uh, of less importance. Well, I mean, people can listen to our show from two weeks ago to hear about that. And all those people are still within their 30 to 90 day non-compete, so... We, we can hardly say better or worse off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's still uh, yet to be determined. I I do hope that Ember Moon follows in the same trajectory as Ruby Riot and goes to AEW and, and does just as good. I don't know about these other guys, though. I, I can't say that I see them going anywhere. You know, even with this latest set, Let's talk about Isaiah Scott. I think he's got the highest upside out of all these guys that got released uh, today. I'd agree but, with that. And I could, I, he's definitely a guy that I could see in AEW. The problem is, I, I, AEW just signed Jay Lethal. And, you know, I don't, know they, <laughs> I don't know if they've got enough room for, for more guys. They have, a that, ne- they have a never ending amount of room until that bubble bursts and every every bubble bursts yeah i just don't know i mean i think that's why we haven't seen bray wyatt in aw yet i think that's why we're not for reference what's that see bitcoin for reference (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't think we're gonna see keith lear carrying cross in nxt nia jackson nxt i don't see any of these guys going to nxt because i feel like NXT. AW. Oh, sorry. Yeah, AEW. My bad. A- I, I agree. Like They're AEW. definitely not going to show up in NXT. I feel like AEW is going to be strapped for cash. Um, AEW isn't going to be strapped for cash until Tony Khan runs at, runs through his personal assets. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I'll, let I'm, me ask I'm you sure this. I'm going through it faster than people think. Now that we've gone through all these names, Jeff, I'll ask you a a different question that I haven't seen asked in any wrestling groups by any wrestling professionals, whether they be reporters or, quote, content creators, end quote, wink, wink, at Sean Ross Sapp saying he's not a journalist, despite reporting. that 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 was quite a startling revelation. Despite reporting that uh, that seems very journalistic in integrity, yeah. Um, well, he also or... has sources. He gets a lot right. He gets a lot first. I mean, for him to say I'm not a journalist is is just. I mean, it's sort of like having your cake and eat it too. So that when you make a mistake, you can say I'm not a journalist. But when you get it right, he always takes credit. And he, I mean, in the world of wrestling, non-journalist journalists, he's in the top tier. I yeah. mean, the only real wrestling journalists are like the Forbeses that cover the economics of wrestling. There's there's nobody covers wrestling news that 
can really be called a journalist now. But if you were to ask me who is, I mean, Sean Ross Sapp is probably the first name that comes to mind. So I'm not berating him or decrying him. I'm saying, yeah, you are a journalist. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I want to ask you a question about these releases that I haven't seen asked anywhere else. And the topic of conversation hasn't been brought up, at least not that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with a lot of these names started in the Indies, right? And they, they gained a lot of uh, fandom there. You talk about Keith Lee, Swerve Scott. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, do you think that going into a uh, Harry Smith, for instance, all these guys, do you think that it's a better look for them brand wise saying, Hey, I went into WWE and you know, yeah, I got released, but at least I went to WWE. I mean, if resumes counted in this business, I would say, yes, it matters for your resume, but I don't think resumes count in this business. I mean, I thought you were going to ask a different question, actually. So I was preparing something else. Um, I don't. I don't think that being in WWE did anything good for, say, Jackson Riker. I don't know that he would have done anything better for himself before. But I think his market value was probably better when he was Gunner and Impact and got signed to NXT. People were probably, oh, Gunner from Impact, he can be something. He's got a. He's got the body and he's got the tattoos, all that. I mean. Harry Smith was a well-known commodity. I mean, he may have actually started in WWE. I'm not even sure. Um, But at least he was in WWE early in his career. Um, John Morrison came out of Tough Enough. I mean, literally, he's he's as homegrown as it gets for that. So, um, you know, I guess it helps if people saw your work and they couldn't have seen it before. I think it helps their... Theoretically, it helps their bargaining on indie shows or regional shows. I mean, to be on the upper card, to have some name recognition. But I don't know that Shane Thorne moves any tickets. I mean, I I don't think that Shane Thorne has a $1,400 asking price just because he was in WWE. I think Shane Thorne, if he gets on the card, he makes the same thing that the local talent gets. Or maybe, you know, $50 more, which probably means he gets, you know, $125 $125 instead of $75 and doesn't have to help set up the ring. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's the question that I wanted to ask was, you know, to Cobb's point, like he was talking about money and he was talking about creative freedom, but I want to say that there's also this other aspect of branding that, you know, John Morrison, for instance, Without WWE, where would he be? Would he right now? He's the he's a guy that can walk into any indie promotion, right? Um, mm-hmm. And when I say indie promotion, I'm not talking about like Impact or AEW or anything like that. I'm talking about let's say like your local indie promotion that runs a show out of the local bingo hall or the Civic Center, right? Well, he could also probably go to the Championship Wrestling of Family, you know, the UWN. Uh, sanction, you know, in local indies that are sort of mini territories. Yeah, and but he could be a mid to upper 
card guy there, right? Sure. Because of his branding for WWE, right? Because he's yeah, been but they, there. But those places don't pay anything. I mean, they pay something. They pay better than your local bingo hall, but not much. But, I mean, uh, but, Jeff, but we keep talking about Jeff Cobb. Can, can, can we talk a little bit about Jeff Cobb here? Because I appreciate his quote, and I like Jeff Cobb. I liked him in I liked him in Lucha Underground. I you know I, I uh, you know I, I liked him in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeff Cobb had all these options before him, and he chose New Japan, and then COVID hit. So I'm sure part of his answer has to do with him trying to convince himself that he made the right choice because he basically barely worked for two years. So now he does a couple gigs on New Japan Strong. Now he's doing an arc in MLW, so he'll be there for you know four days of taping and and one pay per view or two pay per views, and he'll probably get you know twenty two hundred dollars for that. Um, you know this this creative freedom. I mean, it's still a business, and I, I with so many wrestlers out there on the market. Again, I, I think it pushes all of the fees down, not up. If 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 there were five people released from WWE, yeah, I think that there it would help them in the marketplace. But given what's going on, no, I don't think it does. I think they almost have this WWE is anathema to indie wrestling stigma, and that's why they all have to they all come out and they all have to feel like they have to say the same speech. I was in prison. They didn't use me. They abused me. It was a terrible workplace. I wish I was never there. So that they can get back to the indie fans who they presume mm. don't like WWE and will accept them that I really was one of you. I, I went for the money. I went for the I, I had stars in my eyes, like you know, far in a jukebox hero. But in my heart, I was always a garage band guy. Uh, you know, I I don't know. Yeah, I I asked the question because like I I see people like you know I go to Comic Con and I see you know, the booths that are set up and, you know, Ashley um, used to be a regular before, you know, her untimely death. And she would request like 30 to $40. I remember one year she was requesting more money to get a picture with her than Ric Flair was. And I was like, she's out of her mind. But... Well, she know, was. <laughs> but WWE, you know, gave her the spotlight and now she has that forever someone like ember moon will always be known as ember moon or remembered as ember moon more than anything else in my opinion as as of this time because of her short period in time in wwe right so she can go easily and make money as ember moon or the artist formerly known as ember moon at signings um alongside other wwe superstars she can go to like a WrestleCon, for instance and artemis flame and she can be artemis flame but she can also get a bunch of money i think she could draw can she i mean maybe i i think in a vacuum you're 100 percent right but now she's also competing for the same booth with ruby soho and mickey james and mercedes martinez I mean, they they don't usually have forty people at Comic Cons. They'll have six wrestlers. Right, right. But at a wrestling convention, I feel like you would have everybody. Are there so wrestling would, conventions? Uh, uh, during WrestleMania weekend, there 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 are now. Sure. Okay. So, but they'll they're all going to be there. I mean, every wrestler in the world's going to be there, which means that. Ashley or Ric Flair, who are charging $30 for photos, now need to charge 
seventeen fifty for photos or ten dollars for photos. I mean, <laughs> it's like if you've ever been to a bad bachelor party where the strippers turn out to be hookers and they start undercutting each other. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll do a hand off for thirty dollars. I'll do it for twenty five dollars. I'll do it for twenty dollars. You can give me. I'll give you ten dollars to, to to give me a hand job. <laughs> you've been, you've mean, been to some wild bachelor parties. I've never had that happen. <laughs> Evil Dose knows how to throw a bachelor party. Oh, okay. Wow, I should have had you hook it up back in the day. Um, anything else we need to talk about these releases? I mean, I feel like it it, it gets to a point where it's like gets no. somber, and it's like no, we, we keep kicking down the can, go reviewing the twenty twenty ones. We never have time, and and I'm telling you right now, there's going to be more. This is this, you know, Sazawa, Danny Birch, Dana Brooke. They're, they're, Tamina, there's going to be more, and why I don't know. But these, if if these folks were expendable, those folks are certainly expendable. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know why they're not going to have a, why there's not a jobber class. I don't, you know, wins and losses are going to, you know, count even more. Fifty fifty bookings going to get more atrocious. I, I, I don't know what the plan is. I don't understand it. I'm completely baffled, and it's not these releases with particularity but I, I i don't know how you cut almost 200 wrestlers in two years you know and your ratings are going down and part of the reason is because we only see the same 12 people on every show so obviously there's some staleness to it and one of the easy ways to do it is to rotate new bodies in and out i mean if you get an injury finn balor got a minor injury now it's minor but if Finn Balor got a major injury, who are they putting in the Survivor Series in his place? I, I, Ricochet. I don't know. Ricochet. Well, Ricochet is not on Raw. He's on SmackDown. I mean, they'll just trade him. Yeah. Samoa bring That's what they have Samoa Joe for. He's he's uh, he, he's the Jeff Houston. He's the he's the Bill Ripken. You know, just put him in. He's the Bill Ripken. Yeah. It's Scott Brocious. He'll he'll play any position. Exactly. He'll he'll be that guy. He's the utility guy. I guess so. I. I just feel like, uh, you know, WWE is coming from a place where it's it's not like the 80s where Hulk Hogan was the draw, Macho Man was the draw, Ultimate Warrior was the draw. It's not like the 90s, Austin, Rock. This is different. Roman's is, a draw. Brock's a draw. No, they're not the draw. WWE is the draw. That's the difference. WWE and is becoming a repellent. WWE is the draw. WWE has become the UFC, as we were discussing several episodes ago. It's it's the brand. You go there because WWE is in town. Hey, you know you're going to get an entertaining show. That was a really great strategy when there was no one else that was even on the radar. And while AEW is not doing nearly as great as AEW fans will have you believe, and we're going to get into that later, including some numbers... They are on the radar. They're getting there. You know, if you if you look at a radar dish with all the concentric circles, they're still outside the the furthest circle from the center. But they're getting there. They're getting. They had articles in the Washington Post, Sports Illustrated, talking about every now and then the ESPN will make mention of them. They're they're getting there. They're creeping and crawling. This this is WWE is very much you know it's not exactly a Jenga tower but it's starting you know the it's it's starting to get to be uh, uh, the architect is starting to get nervous or should be 
The architect should be nervous. Maybe the architect is is Emperor Nero and is sitting there looking at the fire and playing his fiddle and going, "This looks great. <laughs> Nothing to see here." <laughs> can I can I take down the temperature a little bit and and ask a question that's a little bit funnier and a little bit less serious? Okay. Which was the funnier or the or or which was the better? Uh, accessory that was a face this week was it Bianca Belair's eyelash that fell off of her face, or was it Vicky Guerrero's heel that bro- broke last night when she fell down? I'd say Bianca only because I didn't watch AEW. <laughs> awesome conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a wrestling podcast and then not watch half of the promotions, right? The That's exactly ones. right. Uh, you admit AEW is half the promotions. Um, Bianca's eyelash really bothered me because I didn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I'm like, is her eye really swollen? Did is, is she bleeding? Like, what's going on there? And I'm like, oh my god, no, her eyelash fell off of the eye that's closest to me. I mean, it took yeah. me like it took me like probably two full minutes to process that. But no, uh, Vicky Guerrero's heel breaking was I. I mean, I was laughing for like a minute and a half. So you're terrible. Yes, I know. <laughs> this is why you're evil, Uno. Yeah. Um, Jeff, let's go into the latest wrestling results of uh, Full Gear. Uh, a lot of people hyped up about this. We had Caden uh, from the 10 Count on our show last week um, with predictions. Good God. I'll, I was I was watching uh, these results come in for Full Gear, and I said, halfway through the card, I said, good God, could we not have gotten this more fucking wrong? Like, Almost everything in the first half of the card was wrong. Yeah. And the second half, we did a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. The the, the main matches were more predictable than the undercard matches. So I actually think that's a good thing for, for AEW's perspective. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it, because let's, let's be honest. In the past, like when we do predictions for AEW, it's usually 90 to 100 percent correct wwe it's like i'm pretty happy if i'm above 50 percent yeah yeah let's go through some of these uh the 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 more you know um popular matches and 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 on the card let's talk about the big headline of the night adam page winning the AEW world championship we both all of us i guess uh predicted that to happen um Thoughts on Adam Page as the new champion? I mean, it's been partly explained. Omega's health has been deteriorating uh, slowly, according to uh, Michael Jargo. Shout out to Jargo from uh, Atmark Media, um, who I did a podcast with earlier today. Uh, Omega was unhealthy ever since he came, ever ever since New Japan. We probably had 70% best. And he might be getting surgery. He's tried all the homeopathic remedies. Now he may have to go the allopathic route of plain old Western surgery. Um, but yeah, this, this was, I mean, this had to happen. If not, they would have had to turn Pangman Page into glue. Um, I mean, I think it was nice, but for a brand new champion that people have been, you know, supposedly hungry for for months and months and months, he got a nice pop at the beginning of the show, but it was half as much as CM Punk got in the middle of the show, Daniel Bryan still got the same or a better, I'm sorry, Bryan Danielson, Um, you know, uh, you know, in in a close segment, but he got a nice pop. He did a promo. It was nice. It was fine. He's still talking about dynamite. I'm talking about what I say. 
No, I thought we were we were we were on the pay per view. So I, you didn't. Oh, well, you're saying what you think about him being the champion? I mean, the sure, fallout sure. that was on Dynamite. I, well, I we expected them to win, but uh, yeah, on, on Dynamite last night, uh, you know, he cut a promo. It was nice, and he's still hanging around with the Dark Order. And the only thing that makes sense of this is that uh, Brian has now turned heel. Uh, and he's going to beat up all of the Dark Order to get to Hangman Page in a well-done promo, but there was a giant logical flaw that didn't make a lot of sense. But what do I think of Hangman Page as champion? He had to be, but I, I still am sticking to my guns that he's like Big E, that, that's, that's, that it's, it's a mistake. Well, as far as Adam Page is concerned, um, I went in thinking about maybe six to eight months ago that Adam Page was the shit and that he should be the champion and they should pull the trigger quick. And then they drew it out longer. And then I started to get bored. And that's where I'm at now. I think Adam Page, I think they missed this by about six months. They should have hit the trigger two pay-per-views ago, pulled the trigger, but they didn't. Anyways, um, well, he went on paternity paternity leave way before his baby was born, and Tony Khan actually said, "He said, yeah, I'm going on paternity leave. Did did affect storylines. I'm not going to say anything more than that." Now he said in his happy Tony Khan voice, but I mean, you know that that's the problem when you have to say yes to everything at AW. You can't say no to anything unless it's Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> the one thing that I do want to call attention to is, you know. Everybody's citing, this is the greatest story ever told. This is better than Hogan and Macho Man and the build to WrestleMania 5. This is a, a greatest story. It took two years. Adam Page took two years to become the champion. This is not the greatest story ever told. If no, anything, I... Adam Page, I expected after Full Gear, Adam Page to open up the show, which he did. Dynamite. Mm -hmm. And he should have opened up with a moment of silence for all the fat, out of shape AEW marks that passed away due to COVID. It took so long to tell this fucking story, Jeff, that an entire pandemic came and went and 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 and, and countless uh, AEW marks couldn't see the end of it because it took so goddamn long. Adam Page should have started the show saying, hey, guys, here's a moment of silence for all my fans that passed away thanks to COVID. How many times did you rehearse that in the mirror? <laughs> this is how I truly feel. I, I know. I still that's, the question stands. I think it's it's it, only like twice. I mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I think it's heartless that Adam Page didn't start the show like that and instead decided to show his uh, what was it? A Yaris? With the, with horns on the front of it, what, who gives a shit? I don't know. Yaris? All I saw is he was wearing a Virginia's for losers shirt. <laughs> Let's talk about Brian Danielson uh, over Miro. This is something that we didn't see coming. We all kind of, I think, expected Miro to win somehow, and not they weren't going to pull the trigger on Danielson just yet. Um, one thing that I myself failed to realize was this match being ahead of the main event would have tipped off who was going to win, right? So if Miro wins, he's the heel, then you're going to have Paige as the face win. If you have Danielson win, it should tip off or lead you to 
to question whether you think Page is actually going to win later on. And so they had Danielson win. Um, and I didn't see that coming. So you mentioned In my earlier. heart, I knew Danielson was going to win. I just thought that they... I picked it because I really wanted C.J. Perry to come in. And I also thought Page was going to win. So, yeah, they were going to want a, a big heel to, to be there, um, which is, in fact, the case. But they turned Daniel Bryan instead of turning CM Punk. And I, and I guess they're reverting Eddie Kingston to a face. Um, and because Moxley is in rehab, they didn't really have any top faces despite having all these supposed young superstars because um, they're all in other programs, I guess. It's all convoluted, Jeff. They're they're all tweeners. They're all tweeners. Jeff, uh, da Brian Danielson uh, turning a heel. He's not a heel. He's Tony a heel. Rhodes. He's not. No, he's not. He's not a yeah, heel. Yes. All he said. Well, was Cody's the face because he went off Twitter. He deactivated his account, so he's he's awesome. Well, I've been saying that for months that Cody's a face, but everybody keeps saying he's a heel. He's a heel. He's a heel. <laughs> Good. I'm glad he's off Twitter. The AEW fans are the heels. So. Going back to Brian Danielson. So I'm a heel? This, uh, You've been a heel. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm the only face on this podcast. Mm. So um, pretty face and also baby face. Um, Brian Danielson. He didn't say any lies when he was in this promo uh, with Adam Page. He won at WrestleMania. He won the world championship. And he fought the next day. Adam Page is chicken shit and can't fight uh, the number one contender. This is the... Everybody but Adam Page said, let's have the match. I mean, that's the part of Brian's promo that made no sense. And his speech later on made no sense because Adam Page was ready to fight him. And Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson, he keeps saying, uh, he won't fight me. Yes, he would now. Page never changed out of his boots in his ridiculous Tonto jacket and all that other stuff. Or share jacket, right? whatever you want to call it. Um, and and came out in his wrestling gear uh, to make his case. Um, oh my He's god! A listen, cowboy. listen, I don't care about any of this really, except that that Brian should not take twelve minutes to defeat Evil Uno. Well, I I do care about this because this is a big booking flaw. I saw so many AEW fans applaud this choice of Daniel Bryan saying. I'm going to go through the dark order. Do you understand that this man is a multi-time WWE world champion? He is the AEW number one contender to the AEW world championship. He fought to get there. He deserves it. And now he's out there trying to dupe the AEW fans and any other wrestling fans tuning in that he, he doesn't need to go after Adam Page just yet. He needs to go through... The Seven Dwarves, The Dark Order, this is bullshit just to draw this fucking nonsense out. This is well, nonsense, uh, Jeff. Yeah, but this, but that's wrestling, and it's not because he No, it's not to... wrestling. It's A.W. It's A.W. Uh -huh. This is where, where, where WWE hotshot booking would have saved this fucking shit and kept people entertained. What, what, what are we going to wait till no, uh, fucking Adam Page goes on another sabbatical? No, this is going to be good because he's going to get more and more medieval every match, and he's going to get more and more dastardly, and it's actually good. And you want to know want to know some of the things that are happening that's clever? Next week in Chicago, he's going to beat Colt Cabana in his hometown. 
the week after that, they're going to be in Long Island. He's going to be John Silver, who's from Long Island. This is not clever. This is fucking geeky, geeky. Uh, they're going to be in Georgia. Shit. They're going to be in Georgia. He's going to beat Alan Angels, who's from Georgia. He's going to beat every member of the Dark Order, the closest to their hometown, and he's going to get more and more brutal every week. This is the dumbest fucking booking. I don't give a fuck whether they beat him on fucking Georgia or on fucking planet Saturn. It doesn't fucking matter. You are Daniel, Br- a lot. Brian Danielson has no business being in the same ring with these jabrones. Listen, they give away too many big matches on TV. This this is fine. I, I'm perfectly happy to they're see all the members of as long as the dark struggling order. for ratings. And they're going to give us Brian Danielson versus Sleepy Dwarf one week yep. and Lazy Dwarf the next week and Fat Dwarf the, the following week. This is ridiculous. It's nonsense. How are they, go, how are they going to go back to being over a million views uh, on a Wednesday night with this oh, they're shit? Oh, they're, they're not. That, they're, they're definitely not. So what's the point, Jeff? What's the point? To just draw out the fucking Can't match? you just sit back and enjoy wrestling? No. 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 <laughs> Like I've told you many a time, well, we got we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't even know if I'm going to see next week. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to see next week, Jeff. So yeah, give it to me all right now. Wow, I think maybe you need to check in with your uh, your web therapist, WebMD. Yeah, but like your your teletherapist. <laughs> the one that's always advertising on all the podcasts except ours. Muchu, um, I know. Not, not by the way, this is, this is a good. Oh my god! Good time. I, I, oh, I'm gonna, that's for the Survivor series. Um, this is a no, good time I, to break into our our, our new sponsor, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners of the Hammerlock Hangover. Um, we we are now sponsored. Um, we have by... a lot of sponsors. We have a lot of new sponsors. Our first sponsor, though, is Preparation Triple H for when the family <laughs> business kicks you in the ass. That's Preparation Triple H, everybody. That's right. Preparation Triple H. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. And Woo Choo. Woo Choo. Woo Choo is a, is a forever sponsor. Um, when you can't yeah. get it up, Woo Choo will help you That's out. Right. Woo Choo. Yeah, we did that one last week, though. That's a repeat sponsor. So, so thank you for coming back again for your business, uh, right. ladies and gentlemen. When you need um, help with you, when you need help with your release, woo, Chew will help you out. Sure will. Hey, and preparation Triple H, my too. <laughs> it all it all depends on how you react to to bad news, or maybe good, maybe creative freedom. Creative, there you go. Yeah, maybe creative freedom. It's like an enema for you, and you know it gets a little bit hard and heated down there. Woo! Preparation Woo. Triple H will help you out with your creative, getting your creative juices oh, flowing. So Woo is for the chew. Ugh, is for the is for the preparation Triple H. So yeah, that that that's that. So are we done with the, your Brian rant with the Dark Order? Yes, I wrote down on my notes how dumb to go through the Dark Order. That's exactly uh, yes, how you've you just made that clear. So what else in full gear did you want to talk about? You want to talk about MJF and Darby? Uh, this the most was, overrated match of all time. Was it? Do, do you feel it was overrated? A lot of people loved it. I know they did. It, I mean, 
Yeah, I think it was over. I thought the the first three or four minutes totally took me out of this match. It was so synchronized. It was so corny. It was, it was so, you know, I, I know what the story was. The triple, you know, MJF is trying to show you that he can be a technical wrestler as well and all that other good stuff. But he still ended up cheating and he won and great, terrific. Um, and he beat him with a headlock. And he beat him with the with the headlock after hitting him with the with the with the ring, and it, it was a it was a clever ending. And and there were parts of the match that were really good, um, but the first few minutes really took me out of it. And I knew that the, the fans were gonna love it when they did that 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 bowling ball thing where they go in a circle because they're constantly spinning each other, reversing the hold. I just I, I mean I just think that kind of cooperative wrestling is just too campy and too corny. It it that that's that that's too dancing for me. But I get it. It you know it, it just was too long for me. This match was everything that I don't like about AEW. Two small guys, too cooperative, but in there was the frustration of some greatness. I mean, nobody does a suicide dive as good as Darby does. He takes a lot of risks. I mean, I know why people like this match. I, I mean, I get it. I understand. It's just, it's just in the beginning when they were like uh, doing the tests of strength to pin each other. It was so clear that, that MJF was pulling up Darby's arm, not that Darby was pushing himself up. I mean, it was just, it was just that kind of stuff took me out of it, but it's fine. I mean, listen, I, I thought Darby was going to win. I'm, I'm pleased that MJF won. I like the aftermath. I don't think MJF needed to do the same promo twice on Dynamite, which he basically did, but the, but the payoff was good. So it's fine. It's all good. Well, before we get to what he said on Dynamite, let's talk about the other match that got a lot of uh, um, people talking, and that was CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Um, CM Punk obviously rightfully won. I said last week, because Kingston said he didn't care about losing, it took me out of the match. It definitely took me out of the match. What are your thoughts on this match? I like this match. This match was fine. First of all, it was only 11 minutes, which is great. That's that's like the perfect length for a match for me. It's 11 minutes um, too long. Yeah, I mean, there, there was blood. Uh, there was plenty of times where Kingston, you know, would act like he was gassed, and maybe he really was. But that's good. That 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 was that was realistic. I, I like this match. I thought this match delivered, and I liked how. Uh, you know, Punk put his hand out to shake, and Kingston's like not interested. Um, it's a little bit yeah, confusing because they're both still sort of faces. I know you're saying everyone's a tweener. Um, everybody's a tweener, it but yeah, no, I, this one, this one, I like that. This one and and the Brian Miro match, by the way, I the Brian Miro match I thought was close to perfect. I, I loved it. Yeah, that was a good match. I'm except, I, I'm to... except let me just say this that. This thing with Miro on his neck, this is going to be ridiculous. It's made of like peanut brittle. So his future promos, when he's talking about how God hates him and things like that, he needs to be doing all neck exercises, like have a 45 plate tied to one of those straps that's around your head with a chain on it. And he should always be neck workouts and shoulder shrugs and building his traps. Like all of his promos should be doing neck workouts so that this this is done. This 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 weakness needs to be done. When he comes back, I have a feeling his his leg might be injured because like he was taped up, but Brian was only kicking the other leg. He was never kicking the one that was taped, so I think it's really hurt. Um so but that that's how he should come back, you know, with you know the the neck, that's no longer the story. That's that's done. His his neck is like now made of titanium. Do you think like the exercises uh, he he does to build up his neck strength could be uh, aided by Lana? Like I don't know. Um, For sure. 
some head scissoring or absolutely you, you could put you could put her on on the the chains and he could be lifting her with his neck oh there you go there you go wow that's hot let's talk about uh the dynamite we had mjf and and punk meet up it looks like these guys are set up to be uh in a program together does that uh excite you in any way yeah i thought this was good i mean i thought that they'd wait a little bit longer to to I mean, this this is in response to your saying they're struggling for ratings. This is the MJF punk feud, Ooh. and and I I think that MJF making it clear he's interested in the world heavyweight title. That's where his sights are. I think he did a little homage to Goldberg being the Malcolm Jacob Friedman, the Jewish wrestler, doing a nod to the second most famous Jewish wrestler. It's not Barry Horowitz, Bill Goldberg, and saying you're wondering who's next or what's next this is next and then when punk came out to to do the promo war and said nothing that is confidence that is master of your craft to come out there and say nothing and make it palpable that that shows that that you know exactly you know how to work this theater that was brilliant and then the mjf stuck out his hand and punk dismissed it and walked away and it would have been perfect had punk not been so insulted by the same thing just a few days later when Kingston did it. But that's really nitpicking because I, I actually thought this was brilliant. I thought this was brilliantly done. Yeah, I disagree. Mostly because of what you said. Um, I think that... Mostly because everything you said was utter trash. No, I, I right there at the tail end, like, he... It's the same thing as him and Kingston, only Kingston he mans up to. MJF, he's, he's you know, lily-livered, I guess. He's he, he doesn't want to speak to him because he's he knows he's gonna get clowned. That's really the reason, Jeff, that he didn't say anything because he knows he's gonna get owned by MJF. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he just got his braces tightened and he didn't want to talk. He didn't want to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm starting to catch on to how AW books right. So like MJF won the match. Darby loses the match. Next up for Darby is <laughs> Billy, Gunn. Billy Gunn. So that way he can get his win back. Not, not, even, not even his ridiculous kids. He's gonna go he has to go through Billy Gunn first. Yeah. MJF who won. Uh because he's won, now he can afford an L to CM Punk. Um Kingston, who lost to Punk, is gonna get his win back by going up against what is it, Danny Garcia? Right back to Daniel Garcia in 2.0. But I have a hope here. I have a hope. You know how FTR is sort of away from the pinnacle in this silly story with Andrade and and Aleister Black and the Cody Rhodes thing with the Lucha yes. Brothers? Yes. I am hoping that maybe they copy themselves and Santana and Ortiz are the ones to come to Kingston's aid to sort of get away from the inner circle because Guevara is sort of on his own a little bit now with the TNT title. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe Santana and Ortiz come to rescue their old pal when he's being triple teamed and we sort of get like a mini reunion of LAX from, from TNA or whatever they call themselves in the House of Glory. But the, the old connection with Santana and Ortiz and, and Eddie Kingston, that that could be really cool and and – if that happens and then the Briscoes come in as heels, I mean, that, that you know, who, who wouldn't want to see that? I think you hit the nail right on the head. The only problem with your synopsis is that you should have 
said it more in like unbridled Tony Khan enthusiasm. Hi, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like that. I do, it like, be like, I do it like Hangman Page's cowboy promo. I didn't deserve it. I earned that shit. <laughs> so I mean, Hangman Page sounds more like Kermit the Frog than a cowboy. He does. He does. But he he he. What what cowboy shit has he done? He gets I have no idea. There's, there's no ranch animals in Virginia. There's no cowboy in Virginia. <laughs> Wasn't he a former teacher? Where does he get this cowboy nonsense from? Yeah, he was a school teacher. I, I, and he was probably a school teacher for like a year because he's only like 28 years old. And he's been wrestling <laughs> eight or nine years. I mean. Cowboy shit. Um, the yeah, last thing is. from the pay-per-view that I want to talk about is this tag team nonsense. Again, here we go again. FTR has to wear these fucking lucha masks. And this time it 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 you know uh, comes up in the finish of the match. Now there's some nonsense about hey the Lucha Bros pinned the wrong guy because I was wearing this yeah. uh, frog mask. Um, this is stupid. I liked it. I, I mean, there were too I, many spots, but I, I I liked it, and I and I liked that they mentioned it last night on Dynamite. So it it's a, it wasn't just a thing; it's a continuing story. And you, with your cultural appropriation, let heels be heels. Jesus Christ! Again, if it was a one shot, if this was the one time, Jeff, I wouldn't have a problem. But it's fucking it's per it's pervasive. They are the Triple A champions, proudly representing Mexico. No, they're not. Where's the Mexican flag? On their knee pads. They wear one American knee pad and one Mexican knee pad. They proudly see the the eagle uh, wrestling with the snake in the tree on the holy island of Texoquatl or Texochitlan. Please stop. That's the Aztec myth. That's the legend of the Mexteca that we call the what? Mexteca? The, 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 well, I made it sound Yiddish, but whatever whatever the Aztecs call themselves, the Mexican flag is based on a myth. Like a, and they and they knew they would find the city when they would see an eagle wrestling with a snake, and they saw the eagle with a snake on its mouth in the tree on the island, and that's where Techno Titlan was built, and that's where FTR is. That's where FTR is proudly worshiping Quetzalcoatl and sacrificing. Uh, young virgin hearts to the old gods and the new. Ridiculous. This is just complete nonsense. You're ridiculous. <sighs> At least I can admit it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about these buy rates, uh, Jeff. Uh, uh, you got the numbers on uh, the pay-per-view? I sure do, Steve. They, well, they're not final, but they're projecting. So they're they're trending at about 145,000 pay-per-view buys domestically. There is international, which I have heard uh, is a total of about 30,000. Facebook was streaming on international um, pay-per-view as well as, I think, is it BT or was it Fight? What, one of those two. One of them was shut out. One of the other one was doing it. In any event, all out. Three months ago, did two hundred and five thousand domestically. So they went down thirty percent. If you want to do full gear to full gear, which I think is a little bit silly because you should grow from pay per view to pay per view. And they sign like fourteen people in the interim, including three of the biggest free agents in the business. Um, but if you want to go full gear to full gear, yes, last year full gear was about one hundred and five thousand. This year was one hundred and forty five thousand. I don't really think that's the way it works. Um, Anyway, the platforms keep about half. 
So between merch and tickets and their cut, domestically, they probably netted about four million, maybe another two or three million from the international. So probably around a seven million dollar haul for that pay-per-view. I have no idea whether that's good or not. However, in the show I did earlier today, we we randomly pulled some buy rates from WWE pre-network 2013, 2012. And that and that ranged from a low of about 195 to a, a non-Big Four high of over half a million. Now, you know, Big Fours were doing over a million. So take that for what you will. Pre-network, WWE, you know, even their, you know, tertiary, you know, six-level show was doing more. Uh, their bigger shows were doing two or three times more. And their Big Four were, you know, sometimes doing five or six times more or, or even. Uh, but anyway, if you just want to be like a normal person, say from the last pay-per-view three months ago to this pay-per-view, they actually went backwards 30%. Yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. I mean, you should have gained a lot of steam and momentum with Adam Cole. CM Brian, Punk. CM Brian Punk, Danielson. Brian Danielson. And, I mean, and, is, and you lost steam. And the rumors... And the rumors that Okada was going to show up and the confirmation that there was going to be at least members of chaos there and the rumors that the fiend was going to show up or Bray Wyatt. I mean, but everyone and their mother thought Okada was going to show up in some form or another. And then they got Jay Lethal. Right. I love that when they're saying this young man has won titles all over the world and it is Jay. And, you know, everybody there saying Jay White, Jay White, Sling Blade. They go lethal. And you could just hear the whole place go. What? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's like they they ordered Jay. Uh, uh, they ordered Jay for Christmas and they ended up getting the wish version. And that's Jay Lethal. Right, you're hundred percent right. That said, Jay Lethal and Sammy Guevara's match last night was terrific. I was, it's like they worked together forty times in the past. It was a great match. Agreed. And listen, Jay Lethal is what AEW needs right now. They need a uh, a legitimate veteran who can work any style, who can work multiple styles, is entertaining on the microphone. Mm-hmm. and is a person of color. I just hope that they don't squander this opportunity. They've got a, as they build him, former world champion on their roster. They need to put him in the mid to upper card immediately. Uh, and it looks like they are because they've got him working with Sammy. But Yeah, this is over. That was one match. And that you was know, one look, look at poor Andrade and look at poor uh, Malachi Black. Um, Malachi Black's a person of color just because his last name is Black? No, what I'm saying is they <laughs> came in with such fanfare and then now they're just the drizzling shits. Are you, con- are you of, confused about what House of Black means, what it refers to? I am. I'm. 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 It's because I, I don't watch AEW. On the Jay Lethal thing, the only problem was the chronology of the story they told because his story was that he answered the TNT uh, open challenge for the for the title and kicked down the Forbidden Door. But there was no open challenge. I mean, that's something that Cody did a year ago. Sammy Guevara didn't set an open challenge, or at least not on on any major show or or full year. Um, he, no, didn't I mean, he, he do like an? Didn't he do an open challenge like several weeks ago? And that's how Bobby Fish showed up. I, I 
I I don't even I I'm not even sure about that. But he was he's been in this inner circle versus America's top team thing. Oh, you know so why? It, it's because they they did it on a throwaway uh, commercial break to roads to the top where he was being interviewed and he's like, I'm gonna issue an open challenge and I'm gonna give Bobby Fish a chance. That's right. that's the callback. Being the semi elite after dark. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's fine. Anyway, you know, yeah, the, it was the Jay Lethal was was the big debut. But that said, nobody knew that Jay Lethal was going to be the big debut when they ordered Full Gear. You knew it at the end of Full Gear. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, I want to say that AEW fans were probably. Po- I asked this question earlier to somebody else. Who do you think was the bigger surprise of Saturday? Jonah or Jay Lethal? Well, Jay Lethal, because I, I, Jonah was expected. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, more people were more impressed with the fact that Jonah showed up than Jay Lethal, but that's just me. Well, those are two different things, where they're more impressed or what was a bigger surprise. Um, but Jonah, I mean, it was reported that he signed with Impact, and he was promoted for being... Uh, on the New Japan Strong show, so I, you know, whatever. The fact that he's right in the title picture is pathetic, um, but here we are. What, 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 what can I say? What can you say, Jeff? Let's talk about ratings. Um, Just a little context before we get there. The AEW average pay per views have been ranging between 115 to 135. So if if you want to take out that 205 one and just go by average. Full gears higher than average. So, I mean, again, the final numbers aren't in. Sorry, go. I don't think the final numbers are going to go up. I think. No, no. Usually, the final numbers actually go down. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about ratings for Dynamite. What did they? What did they score? Uh, for this week's episode, the first episode with Adam Hangman Page as their champion. Nine hundred eighty-four thousand, which was up. About 50,000 from the week before, so trending up. However, Rampage, the go home show, was only at 515, which was their second lowest episode out of the 14 episodes so far. That should have kind of gave them a, I guess, a what do they call that? A, uh, a tea leaf? What is that when you can. Uh... Tea leaves is one, you know, a clue. I mean, tea leaves are, reading the tea leaves is a, is a expression. Thank you. That's that should have gave AEW the clue that the pay per view wasn't going to be as hot as All Out was. Um, I think personally, I think this is a little disappointing for AEW. I mean, you had such fanfare about Adam Page being the new champion. He's going to be the new champion. It's going to be great. He's going to be his greatest story ever told. And less than a million viewers with CM Punk, Brian Danielson, all this stuff. Chaos. Less than a million. Chaos. A title Fredo, match. A, yeah. It, it, Jay Lethal. Like, all of it. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, they went up. But let's face facts. From the end of summer... They're still missing about five to six hundred thousand viewers. Yeah. Well, you know, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I predicted last week that they would fall under a million, and I was wrong. They fell down to whatever what it was nine thirty or something. 
And so this week I said, I'm always a week early, so I'm going to stick to my guns, but I'll say $8.99. And everyone's like, no, it's after the pay-per-view. And, you know, I, I, you know, I sort of dismissed it. Um, so for me, they actually overachieved because of my own prediction. But I understand what you're saying. And, and I agree with you, except to the, to the extent that I predicted worse. Um, but you make sense. I mean, I, I think your position is extremely reasonable. And I think that if you put real AEW fans under a sodium pentothal and told them what they thought was going to happen with Paige, the Paige celebration, and Tomohiro Ishii, that they think it's a big deal, and then that, yeah, it should have gone back over a million again. And, you know, and I'm going to boldly predict this week that next week I will finally be right and it will be back uh, under 900,000 once again. I think next week is going to go down to 750 again. Jesus, man. Like, I, 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 what's, what's the draw? You're going to, you, again. I don't know, but you're, 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 you're talking about a quarter of a million drop. Yeah, because it's after the pay-per-view. There's no draw. There's no, what do okay. it's, it's Thanksgiving week. Huh? We have seven days. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. No, this is what I can predict right now. In seven days, you're going to hear. Uh, uh, everybody was watching the turkey. Uh, grandma had to put the turkey in the stove uh, early, and that's why uh, you know dynamite yeah, did seven fifty. But that should mitigate against that West Coast. Uh, notice nobody's talking about the <laughs> West Coast. West Coast. Like, nobody's talking about the West Coast this week. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, it's there. It's there. People are talking about it. Like, oh, well, yeah, they would have done one point eight million if it wasn't for the West Coast. Oh, of course, they would have done uh, the fifty six million. It would have outranked the Super Bowl. I wish they all could be California girls. <laughs> wish they, yeah. Okay, okay, we're not going to do that. Caden's not here. Um, yeah. Anything else, AEW, that we need to review? Yeah, I, I have I had stopped doing Elevation and Dark, but this week I picked it up again because I realized that I should start from MLW again since they're back on YouTube full-time. So I said, eh, don't be lazy. Let's take a look at Elevation and Dark. And I was surprised. This week, elevation, 282,000. Last week to now, so eight days worth or nine days worth, 311. And the week before, 317. Dark, 294. Two weeks ago, so the go home dark before the full year, 458. And then two weeks ago, 365. So these shows, I mean, it wasn't very long ago that when we were three weeks out that we were between 750 and a million. And now both shows are well under 400,000 three weeks out. So it's just too much goddamn wrestling on. Yeah, too much. Too much. And, uh, and it's uninteresting. I work, agree. Rate, work rate can only get you so far. Listen, Red Notice did better on Friday night than all of wrestling combined. Oh, you're probably right. I mean... And by the way, window? now I figured out what that red notice thing is on Raw. It, it was promotion. I mean, it, it was yeah. supposed to, and why they didn't do it for for SmackDown. They didn't have like, you know, blue light blue special notice. or whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it was cross promotion with this movie. So obviously the Rock and WWE still, you know, uh, as WWE is probably a producer and investor in, in this movie. So uh, I actually saw Red Notice, by the way. It's a ridiculous movie. If you're looking for something that's tight and a great, you know, movie to pay attention to, no. But it was fun and it was entertaining to watch. It was funny as shit and it was entertaining. But it's it's not a smart movie, but it's fun. 
So Gal Gadot is tight in the movie, is what you're saying? Oh my god, yeah. I mean, Gal. I mean, she wasn't as striking as she was the first time you saw her as, as Wonder Woman um, in Batman versus Superman. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and The Rock's pretty tight too. And listen, but, but Ryan Reynolds is hysterical. Oh, he's always. He's, I love that he plays the same guy in like every movie that he does. Well, so and, The Rock, and doesn't complain about it. Frankly, so does Gal Gadot now. I mean, she basically played Wonder Woman <laughs> except as a bad guy. I mean, but you know, like guys like. Dark. You know, like guys like Jason Biggs, like when he was being booked as the American Pie guy in like every fucking movie, and he's like, "I don't want to be this guy anymore." Like, shut up, monkey! Like, just be the guy. This is you. The 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 Rock, Vin Diesel, John Cena. They don't, you know, they don't care. I mean, John Cena has two different roles: uh, serious, comedic. But I mean, yeah, the the Rock is smarter than they are, and that's why he makes one hundred and twenty million dollars a year. There you go. All right, Jeff, let's go into this WWE Survivor Series predictions. As we go through the predictions, we will talk about um, our sponsors. The latest, the latest build. Oh, do you have any more sponsors? Do we want to Oh, say yeah, it? yeah, of course I do. Uh, yeah, this, this Survivor Series preview is brought, brought to you by AJ Stylus, unisex for the Unilook. If you. <laughs> what? If, yes, AJ Stylus for the Unilook. He boasts some star clients, including Ryan Satin and Sean Ross Sapp. Yes, if you are a man or woman and you want a soccer mom haircut, go to AJ Stylus, our first sponsor for the Survivor Series Prediction Show. Wow, and thank you, AJ Stylus, for mm-hmm. for styling. Do, do they only do soccer mom haircuts there? Unisex for the Uno look. <laughs> Read the copy. Read the copy. I don't even know what that Don't means. embarrass our new client. <laughs> what is a Unilook? Just keep going. <laughs> it's something you should get. You know how you have you know how your haircut is that of a lesbian's? What? You have a that's a Unilook. <laughs> You're fucking out of your fucking my haircut is that of a lesbian. I think yes. you're insulting lesbians by you. You have Rachel Maddow's haircut. Oh my god! So yes, you I you AJ Stylus is for you. <laughs> just, you know, I, I this is this is the the part of uh, the promo where I'm supposed to say that I I use the the the, the services right. Yes. You know, I've I've been to AJ Stylus, and you know they have the nicest people there. Yeah. Almost gave me a haircut, and was, the service uh, is great. They they have franchise opportunities. It's a good thing you asked, Steve. Yes, in fact, they do have franchise opportunities. They do. Everybody can call can for a full prospectus and franchise agreement. A prospectus. <laughs> no, Hammerlock Hangover is not are not your legal representatives and cannot make investment or business advice. <laughs> you didn't say that fast enough. I'm not a professional. Okay, so yeah, what what should we predict on? What 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 do we got here? Give a, bring up the first match. I'm still trying to bring it up. Jesus. Oh my god! Where can I f- fucking find this goddamn? Thing? Well, I can do another read on one of our other clients, but it's not going to be at the right time. <laughs> no, hold up! I got it! I got it! I got it! Oh my god! This is giving me all the results of of uh, every Survivor Series. I got it finally. All right. As of right now, as of, as of our recording, there seems to be six matches on the card. Um, let me go through some of these lower 
interest matches, and then we'll talk about. Yeah, the, for the love of God, just start with one match. The traditional, <laughs> the traditional five on five or four on four. I like how they they build it up as a traditional five on five. There have been a, several years where there's just four on fours. There's no stories. There's nothing. It's nothing bullshit. makes sense. It doesn't matter anymore. Thank you. That's exactly. No. I'm I'm going to get into that in a, in a few minutes. Okay. Let's start with the uh, uh, mid card championship match. It's Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura. This seems to be added this past week. It's one of the matches that I'm more looking forward to because I feel like these guys are going to hit each other with a kitchen sink. What are your thoughts on Priest versus Nakamura? Priest is going to win. They have very similar move sets. You know, for, you know, they're sort of two big, lanky guys. A lot of kicking, a lot of like high kicks. Um, I mean, it could be a good match. Shinsuke Nakamura does nothing for me. He actually, I find him disturbing to look at. So I'm not interested in this match. Do you think that's why Vince saddled him up with Rick Boogs? I don't know. I mean, the only thing I'm interested in this match is, is does Rick Boogs try to interfere even though Damian Priest is a face? Mm, maybe. Maybe he maybe he costs Nakamura the match. Maybe. I, uh, except I really they seem... I mean, I really they seem to be in some program with, with the lethal Lotharios, so I doubt it. And And... You know, if not the lethal Lotharios, then Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss or whatever his name is. So if anyone costs them the match, I think it would be Garza and um, uh, Umberto. Or, I'm sorry, Korea. Um, Umberto. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I like Damian Priest winning this match, but I also think this is going to be a, a, a good, hard-hitting match. I feel like Damian Priest is the type of guy that can go to Shinsuke and say, let's, let's really uh, let's do some strong-style shit. Out there, is that um, different than cowboy shit? It is. It is different, way different than cowboy shit. Okay. All right. So our next match is brought to you by Nikki Ashtrays. Be a smokiness and sexy, and neither is she. <laughs> Nikki Ashtrays. Yes. Be a smoking Be- isn't sexy, and neither is she. Oh my god! Some people might find her sexy. I'm just reading the ad that they wrote for me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> they. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is is that the uni people? The, uni the people who study the demos told me, they assured me this was the right ad. <laughs> this was the it, right ad to read it was, at this point It was Maeve Deltzer. Let's talk, all right. Since you brought up Nikki Ash for Nikki Ashtrays. Let's talk about uh, one of the, the the Survivor Series matches. And she is not on this card yet. Maybe they'll add her after they drop more people off the... Um... Maybe. The story seems to be that everyone's making fun of her for being the loser, <laughs> the weak link, and, and Rio always has to uh, defend her. But yes, please, please continue. So we've got Team Raw. We've got Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina versus Team SmackDown, which consists of Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and now, as of today, not Aaliyah, but Tony Storm. <laughs> okay. Um, don't really know, but 
Natty's there, so seems like the the pick to get pinned. Who's going to be the sole survivors? There doesn't have to be a sole survivor necessarily. I mean, I think that Sasha and Shotzi are supposed to be a blood feud, so they cannot get along. They can't coexist. They need to do something with Tony Storm so I could see her abandoning her own team and and turning heel. I'm not sure, but this 80s wild child thing, I mean, it would have been lame in the 90s, and it's certainly lame in 2022, uh, 2021. Um I don't know who who's on who's on the other team again. Bianca, Bianca, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Zelina. I think Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, and Bianca Belair all survive. Mm. I think Liv Morgan gets washed. I think the heels win. Team Raw heels win this match for for Team Team Raw. Do you think that Becky does something to live? See, the, the WWE pay-per-views don't have a lot of interference. Like, they yeah, normally reserve that for one match. I don't think that that's what we're going to see. Um, I actually I think see... that Liv is the most likely one to get the pin because they want to make people believe that she can beat Becky, which she can. I can. Well, that's what I was about to say. I can see a moment in the match where Liv Morgan out smart or get catches a quick pin on Sasha Banks maybe at the at the at the hands of Shotzi and that's Liv Morgan's you know thing going into her feud with Becky is hey I rolled up you know one of your buddies and and former Smackdown Raw champion Sasha Banks so I can see her probably using that to 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 bring up her her street cred but I say all that except it's Natalia Mm, okay. Hey, you know, now that we're talking about the Survivor Series match, there's been a lot of criticism about these um, Survivor Series matches leading up to the build of this pay-per-view. And I say build uh, lightly because the criticism is that there's been no build. What are your thoughts on that criticism of the build of these two Survivor Series matches? I think it's valid. I, I mean, there's there's... There's no build whatsoever for the Survivor Series matches. Now, the Charlotte-Becky match has a terrific build, and that seems to be based on some kernel of truth or at least enough of one that, you know, whether it's a work shoot or just a work, whatever it is, people are talking. So it's, it's a good one. I mean, I stole that line from Andrew Zari, and he said he asked his contacts and whether it was a work or a shoot, and they said, people are talking about it, aren't they? Uh, and he said that's all they said. Um it's a, yeah, it's a- uh, but I, I agree with them. I mean, even the Big E Roman one has been awkward. I mean, sometimes you see them going after the New Day, but even when they're going over after the New Day, they don't they don't really expressly say it's to get to Big E either. Because I mean, because what what's the point? I mean, I, you go after the New Day because to take out challengers for their SmackDown tag team belts, but the hell is I mean. The, the the world titles aren't on the line in Survivor Series. So, yeah, this, this build has sucked. I mean, the, the criticism is valid, but WWE doesn't care. These are Saturday night family at-home events instead of going out to the movies. Ta-da. I think it's the, the criticism is overblown. Like, Survivor Series, no one's ever talking about the Survivor Series match. No one ever since... The dawn of its fucking inception in 1987. 
Nobody goes back and remembers, oh, this was the original Survivor Series team. When anybody asks, I'll ask you this question right now, Jeff. Out of all the Survivor Series memories that you have, name some of them. I actually don't have any. I do remember, though, that in the beginning, it made sense. And then as years went by, like starting year three, four, five, it started to make less and less sense. And I got less and less interested in it. So I, I'm sure if you said some things that happened, it would click. It would. I'd remember it. But I don't. I don't have any survivor series memories per se i remember thinking that a lot of the teams were weird and i don't understand why they were put together do you remember um the montreal screw job yeah but that wasn't a survivor series match that was a main event that that's exactly my point though is anything that you can remember from survivor series pay-per-views has nothing to do with the five on five or four on four match you remember montreal screw job debut of rocky mayavia the debut of The Undertaker. You remember other shit that has nothing to do with Survivor Series 4-on-4 matches. The, with the, except, the recent exception of Team Raw versus Team SmackDown versus Team NXT. That was like, what was it? 7, 2017, 2018? Other than that, nobody fucking remembers any of these fucking teams. No, it was, it was the year that they got stuck in Saudi Arabia. You know the one team I remember is... Um, what was it? Lawler, Lawler had a team of of midgets, and he was up against Doink the Clown and a, and a, his clown team of midgets. All you care, I mean, you just all you care about is little people. Do we have any ads for little people? We don't necessarily, but if you want to talk about things that aren't boring, or maybe you are boring and you're in the industry, the Gimmick Factory has the answer for you. Take this. You think Wheeler Yuta is boring? I think Wheeler Yuta is boring. Well, you know what? We took him to the gimmick factory, and now it's the great Yuta. No longer boring. <laughs> the gimmick factory. They can help you. The gimmick factory just if they turned... can help Yuta, they can help you. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. The Yuta puns are amazing in this ad. You turned Wheeler Yuta into the great Yuta? I didn't. The Gimmick Factory did. Our client. The, oh, the gimmick, that's right. The Gimmick Factory. And then what was the other one? Yuta Care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Holy good. shit, Jeff. You're amazing. <laughs> I know. It's going to get less amazing. I assure you. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think it's all contrived. Going back to this argument, thanks, Yuta Factory. or <laughs> Sorry, Gimmick Factory. factory. Yeah. Yeah. How dare I fuck up and trample all over our new sponsor, the, the Gimmick Factory. Mm-hmm. I think that um, all this talk about the fucking build to these fucking five-on-five teams is bullshit. Like, nobody fucking remembers these teams. Who gives a fuck? When I was a kid, and, and you tell me, Jeff, because, you know, I feel like we were of the same generation of watching WWE in the 80s, albeit, you know, a couple of years difference, several years. Um, I only, my, the biggest interest for me was like... 11 kids for you. Was, no, was Hulk Hogan. Like, I was a big Hulk Hogan mark as a child. And I was like, okay, where is Hogan? Is he going to win the match? Is his team going to win? Mm-hmm. That's all I gave a fuck about. 
So whether he was tag teaming with Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, Mr. Wonderful, I wanted Hulk Hogan to win. I, I really kidding. wanted the Legion of Doom to be in important stories, and they never were for Survivor Series. That I remember. The Big Boss Man and Legion of Doom versus Erwin R. Scheister and the Natural Disasters. Yeah. I, 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 that was a three-on-three Survivor Series elimination match. See? So there was three-on-threes. The interesting thing is that Jake the Snake Roberts and the, the, and the Legion of Doom were actually in the Legion of Doom together when it was a faction. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what, what, well, what's our next match? Let's go back to... Because our sponsor was sponsoring a match preview. The, who, Nikki Ash? The Gimmick Factory. Oh, The Gimmick Factory. The Gimmick Factory um, wants to talk about RK Bro versus the Usos. It's Raw Tag Team Champions versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Who do you have in this match? Um, well, being that Orton embarrassed the Usos, it, the, the Usos have to get the win on the big show. The big show? I mean, mean the the... the network event the the what we used to call pay-per-views the usos win i'm predicting the usos win gotcha probably because of almost yeah no i think rk bro wins this match i want to say that they're going to get a win um and i think they're going to get a win clean randy orton's going to have to play uh he's going to mop up for riddle's nonsense but i think that's going to be the finish I think he may. I think he may leave Riddle alone, high and dry, to teach him a lesson. Ooh, maybe. I don't know. They. I mean, they had the Usos lose to Big E and Riddle in under three minutes this past mm. week. That's a good point. You got a really good point there. But again, this is WWE. Had it been AEW, the Usos are due for a win. Okay. And. Well, RK Bro would get their win back on Raw facing uh, Everrise. <laughs> well, our next sponsor, times have been really tough for them, but so they have to change their advertising um, demographic. And so, of course, they came to the Hammerlock Hangover um, because Hammerlocks have something to do with guns. Yes, our sponsor is the NRA, and the NRA probably <laughs> proudly sub-sponsors Arn Anderson's gun safety course because, remember... Arn is just NRA spelled backwards. Wow. Arn Anderson's gun safety course. And he'll throw in a bottle of JR's barbecue. Just wow. For, just just for just for inquiring. No obligation. So you get a gun safety course, an NRA membership, and there you are. Shoot him up, cowboy. You'll be good to go in, <laughs> Shoot him up, cowboy. in, in approximately 37 states. And maybe more if the Supreme Court rules our way. Sponsor page that one. Our way? Are you are you talking as as the, the well, sponsor? Did I say Arne our way? I meant Arn's way. Oh, there you go. There you because go. you don't want your family to be in harm's way. So adopt <laughs> Arn's way. I was waiting. I, I you can't like drop a, a the Wheeler Yuta puns and then follow it up with no puns. 
listen, I can do, I'm reading the copy here, but I happen to know you well enough to know that you will fall into my traps. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. great. Keep it up. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sort of out. <laughs> we're getting, <laughs> I, I was sort of hoping you might write one or two. We're getting, oh my God. I, I should have written something for releases. But, okay. but I think we I think Wuchu and releases has has something to do with each other. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let's talk about this other uh, Survivor Series match: Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, the Men's Edition. It's Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory versus the SmackDown team of Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and. Someone to be announced. Hmm. Jeff, who do you think wins this match? And also, who is left to be announced off of Team SmackDown? It obviously isn't Swerve Isaiah Swerve Scott because he's no longer with WWE. Yeah, there's a lot of people it's not. Who will it be? It's not Morrison. Um, it's not Morrison. Um, I Theoretically, it could be the 24-7 champ, R-Truth. He's sort of got some star power. I mean, is there anyone bringing in to bring in new? I, I, I mean, maybe they bring in Samoa Joe for this. Um, mm. I mean, the obvious Elias? choice is, is sort of Mad Cat Moss, Baron's little buddy. Um, mm -hmm. I honestly don't know. But who do I think is going to win? They've been booking Lashley strong again. I think he's going to win. And I don't think Seth Rollins' team can lose two years in a row because the, the way Seth Rollins did it last year was embarrassing. Um, so yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, Pierce has been rooting for raw. So, you know, maybe he'll just leave SmackDown down one man. I mean, nothing's too stupid for WWE these days, but I think that Lashley is the survivor and Lashley is the star. And yes, it's cause I'm completely pro Lashley biased. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, Lashley is going to end up being the, uh, the sole survivor, maybe even Rollins. I think this the the fifth man on the SmackDown team is going to be Sami Zayn. He's been oh, begging he to be on the team. He's been uh, pleading, and uh, why not? Why not Sami? Yeah, I mean, then then between him and Jeff Hardy, you have two people who are used to eating pins. So sure. I think I said uh, a couple weeks ago that I thought that Jeff Hardy was going to win this match for Team SmackDown because I felt like he was overdue for a win. But I think recently, didn't he just get a win from somebody? Who did he beat? I don't Austin care. Theory? You don't no, care. no, no. He beat he beat someone on SmackDown. He's been jawing up with somebody who's probably been released. I I, I don't. Sheamus could be a guy that they could throw in here. He could be, but I think he's out for a reason. But yeah, Sheamus would be cool. Um, yeah. I mean, he is the biggest name not on this. He's probably the biggest name they have left in their in their cupboard. Um, yeah, Sheamus is a good call. I think that's the best call. So Jeff Hardy eats the pen. Um, I think yeah, Hardy. He definitely did beat somebody, but I I, I couldn't tell you who it was. Yeah. Um... I think actually, I think it was Sami Zayn. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, what about Ricochet? Ricochet's on SmackDown. He could jump. Is in. he now? <laughs> he Remember he got he got Claymore in the face. I do. Yeah, Ricochet. That's another good call, especially if Sheamus is still recovering from his second nose surgery. So yeah, Rick, yeah, Ricochet is a better call than than Sheamus, and better than Sami Zayn, who's probably on his way out. 
Yeah, on his way out. All right, let's talk about the. Uh, I, I want to leave uh, Becky versus Charlotte for last. I I really hope that that's the main event of the night. But let's talk about Biggie versus Roman Reigns. Oh well, wait. This match between world champions is brought to us by another world champion, Hangman Adam Page's Ranch. He's from Virginia. We're ranching cows and horses. No, there's no cows and there's no horses that require ranches, but there are Priuses and Teslas. Yes, electric charging stations come free at the electric car energy safe green Adam Page's Ranch. So sign up and have your car handled well with Adam Page's Ranch. It won't be stolen. It's right conveniently near the metro for all of your Washington, D.C. commuting needs. So, yes, go to Adam Page's Electric Car Ranch. Wow. Um, Does he put those shitty horns on the hood of the car, every car that comes into the ranch? No, he brands them. All right. I don't don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, I told you these got worse. (laughs) You weren't kidding. I think Wheeler Yuta was the, was the, was the, the pinnacle of, of all these. Uh, I'm really uh, rather fond of Preparation Triple H. I also like Woo Choo. Woo Choo. Woo. Um, who do you think wins, Big E or Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns. Who's on yeah, the. Roman. Yeah, but Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman's, Roman's going to win. There's got to be. Did you hear the big me that people wanted him fired because he did his gyrations on the air? Oh no! Is that what it was? I saw like there was some dumb nonsense about him catching flack about something. Yeah, like the thing he's been doing for like six the years last... now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know who. I don't know which church lady saw it. I don't know. Maybe Satan. <laughs> Could it be <laughs> Satan? Um, I, I don't. I don't know which Karen that, that called in this report. But uh, yeah, that's weird. But yeah. Regardless, yeah, there's no way Roman Reigns is losing to Big E on on this one. I think you got to see some shenanigans. I I think unless I it's Brock Lesnar, I wouldn't be. That's what I was gonna say. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Brock Lesnar come in and cost Roman the match. Let so me ask you this: There's gonna be some shenanigans here to make Big E look strong or keep Roman looking strong. One or the other. There's some some you... some tomfoolery is gonna happen. Do you think that there is any chance that either interfering in this match or as the, as the SmackDown fifth member, they actually surprise us and bring somebody back that they release that they sort of regret just to show that every now and then you can make your way back because they sort of regretted not re-signing Aleister Black. They thought they had him in Zelina yes. and they didn't. So you think that like maybe like a Braun Strowman or a Karrion Cross comes back? Yes. You're absolutely probably not carrying cross because I feel it's too early, but yes, I, I, I that would be a great big guy. You're gonna put Team SmackDown and have Braun Strowman. Absolutely, I think it makes makes uh, a good a good deal of sense. I think it makes a good deal of sense too, but I I think the chances of it happening are zero. And no, you know what? One percent. The other thing that I wanted to mention during the the release talk that I didn't get a chance to or I forgot was. I think the releases really have to do with them doubling down on these are independent contractors, quote unquote. Because look, oh, they can say, oh, look, they're not our employees. Look at how many we've released because they're independent contractors. We've released 60 names last year alone. And 
another 50 the year before that. Like, and we brought them back here. We brought some other guys back. So, you know, the, the, they are contractors. See, I think that that's the, that's another reason why they, they let so many people go and then sometimes bring some of them back like Morrison. And a lot of these names, I feel like they would, you would, you would, you would see them come back. Um, I don't think that they are concerned at all about the independent contractor thing. I think that they feel like they have that in the bag, that if somebody was going to challenge it, they would have done so already. And nobody is, nobody has. So there you go. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they think that way. I don't think they're concerned about it. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. All right. Let's talk about this final match. Um, we've got the, the, the work shoot, shoot work. You're going to work yourself up into a shoot, brother. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. I mean, this is the match that I'm most interested in because I really want to see these two slap the shit out of each other in the fucking match. And I think, depending on how brutal this match gets, they can actually work themselves into the night one WrestleMania main event um, because I think people might want to see this again. Go ahead. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, this is the most interesting match of the night because of what we talked about. Um, I don't know. It could go either way. I have a feeling that they don't want to cool Becky off. Charlotte really is the queen of WWE. She wins everything. Titles aren't on the line. I think that Becky, one way or another, gets the win. They want to. There, I think they're committed to her being the heel, even though this would probably get her cheered, uh, and so that she can keep talking that smack, talking that trash that nobody can beat her ever since she came back. That she's been unstoppable. Even the even the queen had a bow before her. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're gonna see this end clean. I think you're gonna see a brutal match, and I think. You're going to see the return of one Ronda Rousey. Um, she just had a baby. She's nursing. And she's going to, and watch, she's going to show that she's better than, than Becky Lynch by returning sooner than Becky did. So this segment was born, was brought to you by Ico breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ico pro is back with the best probiotics. There is <laughs> so effective that even a nursing mother can still be a kickboxing badass. That's right. That's Ico Pro Biotics. Ico Pro Biotics. Breast milk. Breast milk. Ronda Rousey's favorite. That's and, right. And and Shrek's. So good that the, the baby made Drake Maverick expendable. <laughs> they got to pay for the breast milk somehow. Yeah, I just I just made that one up. But that one's good job. that one. That, that one was pretty witty. Thank you. It was better than the Hangman Page one. That's for sure. It was. Yeah, it was. I like the idea of Hangman uh, Adam Page uh, driving a a, a Yaris <laughs> or Drew Yari. It was a it was a Tesla though on on Dynamite, and I was like, Hangman's not really driving a Tesla. Like, I don't believe this. And it was like a it was like the 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 lowest level of Tesla. Like, mm. I want to talk a little bit about what happened earlier in the week around the same time Sean Ross Sapp said that he wasn't a journalist. 
that Keith Lee was talking about how he paid all his own medical bills. And WWE actually did the unthinkable by by issuing a rebuttal statement saying it's not true. All talent has uh, a comprehensive health care plan available to them. And to say that otherwise or the Mr. Lee was left without recourse is uh, mischaracterized, something like that. I mean, it's weird because Keith Lee doesn't seem bitter. It's also weird because WWE never addresses anything like this. It's further weird because we know that they don't have health insurance for non-ring-related, not performance-related injuries. Um, I was not aware that they offered any sort of group plan at some sort of group rate that, that, that maybe the talent could pay for on their own. It is possible they do, and it could be, it could be possible they're both telling the truth. But no follow up questions were asked by the media, which is really the problem. So I don't want to, I can't really say too much on it. But I've been trying to figure out how neither side is lying, and maybe something is available to the talent, and maybe Keith Lee did participate in it. But perhaps the premiums are quite high, and perhaps the copays and deductibles are quite high too. So he was talking about he had to pay all of that, but. You know, let's right. just say, let's just say his bills were, given what he had, he probably had six figures worth of bills, like half a million dollars worth of medical bills. So let so he let's say he paid seventy thousand of that between copays and and uh, deductible and you know whatever the premiums were. That's probably feels like a shitload of money, and it probably is. But you know, maybe the plan covered the other four hundred thirty thousand. I'm making up numbers completely here. Yeah. Um, but it is possible they're both telling the truth in this case. But the real story here is how the media, journalists or otherwise, aren't asking follow-up questions because WWE opened the door rarely. They actually creaked it open, cracked it open, the real forbidden door, to ask them some questions about what the what do you mean you have health plans? What are you talking about? They're independent contract. You never told us that you had health plans. We know if someone breaks their leg in the ring, you're going to take care of that. We know about your your addiction and rehab program but we don't know about this what do you what the hell are you talking about where did they mention that they have health plans or did they just say we take care of our people like no, no, with medical they, they said so, i mean i have i'm paraphrasing but they said we have com- comprehensive health care available yes, through that's, all that's exactly what they said yes no. I, I i know i we didn't bother to get into this i think we did mention it in a previous episode, whether I, I can't remember what was the last one or the the one before it, but we did mention that he brought it up and then we didn't want to speculate as to what he meant by it. We just reported yeah. it. And I, I, then I was of the belief that it could be what you just mentioned. Both yeah, of but them then we got the, the but then we got like, the counter statement by WWE after that. No, and, but I but I but because I think everybody when Keith Lee said what he said, it made it seem like WWE didn't pay for anything, that he paid everything full ride. And what you just said, as far as there could be a a, a realm of truth where both paid, a la deductibles or co-payments i i see that's the truth because again in our private lives when we do our private work right Mm 
Mm-hmm. I know I have medical bills, right? For me, mm-hmm. my family, and I also have to come out of pocket, right? Mm-hmm. So does my employer provide me medical uh, benefits? Yes. Do they pay? Yes. But I also pay. Mm-hmm. So both statements are true. Yeah, but I, I was prepared to believe Keith Lee and say, so what? You're an independent contractor. You, you buy your own insurance through Obamacare. The, the the story here is that WWE apparently is saying, no, we do offer something. What that is, I'm not exactly sure, but, but they're saying, no, we offer something, plus the inferences that Keith Lee took advantage of it and didn't pay all the bills. I, I you know, like I said, there, there, there are follow-up questions that should have been asked by people who have access. I agree with you on that part. I think I didn't pick up that Keith Lee was taking advantage. I just, I think he was, the advantage that he took was of the moment to kind of try and bury WWE. I don't take advantage of it that way. I mean, he took advantage of the plan and bought into whatever this HMO or or comprehensive plan is. I know, I know that's where you were going with it, but that's my, my impression is he was taking advantage of the opportunity to take another shot at WWE on the way out. And Vince is the type of guy that would hear shit like that, or even, you know, might hear from somebody like, let's say a Bruce Pritchard or Heyman or whatever saying, Hey, somebody's talking this shit. Vince takes a lot of pride, like in, in helping other people out after the fact, like you saw Moxley when he was walking out, he was like, Hey, whatever you need, whenever you need it. I got fired 400 people this year. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure what he takes pride in. Well, listen, I mean, the Mr. McMahon character was based largely on you're fired. Well, and, and uh, 20 years later, he's still doing it. Exactly. Right. But only for real this time. I listen, that's what I took from it. Whether it's correct, whether what I took from it is correct or you took from it is correct. We don't know. The real point here is that the, the, the people who, could have asked, should have asked, didn't, uh, especially on a rare time when WWE made a comment. Because Vince is the kind of guy that doesn't give a shit what people say. Once they're gone, they're gone. He doesn't talk about them anymore. Yeah, but and I don't want to kind of go back and forth on this too much. But I can see where if he, if he or anybody in the company, whether that be Nick Khan or anybody that has to answer questions about it, whether it be on a shareholder call or anything else for them to have to leave that open, the perception of they don't take care of their employees. That's a bad look. Yeah. But I want to know what the answer is. I want that question because I don't think anyone had a question before. Everyone thought that the answer was, yeah, they're independent contractors. They buy their own insurance. The end, unless they're hurt in the ring. That, that that that's the answer. Now all of a sudden, the, their their answer created more questions than I ever had before. But if, if you don't mind, gonna, I'd like to go on. Go ahead. I'm gonna look through their 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 um, annual financial statements and see if I can find something there. Let me ask you a question. What is all the hubbub about demos? Um. He's married to Nikki Ash? No, 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 no. No, demos the, in, in terms of viewers. Big, big demo, right? Big demo is married to... I, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
You know what I'm talking about. Before we get into the demos, I uh, there's one Survivor Series thing that I forgot to mention, and then we can talk. talk I don't about have another fake ad. I mean, real ad. Totally real ad. About um, demos and big demo. Mm-hmm. Um, Xavier Woods, during the week, I, I forget whether where he was interviewed and asked this, but he brought up the idea of raising the stakes for Survivor Series, like to make it more enticing for people to watch the five on five or four on four match. And they were saying that for the, the winners of the match, they then after the, the pay-per-view have a, like a fatal five way to determine their, their entrance into the Royal rumble. So meaning the winning five would enter the Royal rumble as the last five participants in the Royal Rumble, the losing team would enter as the first five. And there would be a fatal five way amongst the losing team and the winning team to decide, to decide the order of first five, last five. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it'll ever happen because part of the fun of the Royal Rumble is the surprise. And you've now taken out large parts of the surprise for the first five and the the 26 through 30 and that's part of the fun and part of it is surprises so if you know that there's you know if you know who the final five are you know that there's not going to be any surprises there now i would give a variation of that that the winning team gets to have a, fa- a fatal five way and the winner of that gets a gets a opportunity gets like a money in the bank that they can they can have a title shot but not like money in the bank they can cash in and whatever it's a regular match but they'll they get a title shot at the next pay-per-view or so so something like that so i mean i think his idea is okay and they should have that fatal five-way maybe not on the pay-per-view itself but on whichever the winning show is it should be on the next show so that show is halfway booked um Mm -hmm. you know something yeah I, i think it's clever i just not for the royal rumble just because the Half the fun is see who comes out next. And even if you only know which, you don't know the order of the five, you know, you still sort of know who's in the five. And, you know, it, it, it loses something there. But especially that 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 back end five really, really kills it. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, demo talk. Okay, so let's go back to the question. Maybe you can answer it for real this time. What, what's the big deal about demos or what's supposed to be the big deal about demos? So the big deal about demos is that it relates to uh, ad buying and the coveted uh, demo demographic is to be 18 to be in the 18 to 49 male demographic. So if you have a show that is going to catch a lot of those eyeballs that are males 18 to 49, then you have a show or a program that is very uh pleasurable to advertisers that are looking to advertise things that would be suitable for those eyeballs basically you tailor the ads to the expected audience um so fuck you for making me say all that shit and then you just paraphrase it like three words no that was good um so (laughs) what would what kind of ads would you expect to see to attract a to appeal to a young demographic woo choo no not woo choo Gillette razors, shaving. Sure, that's car good ads. Cars, maybe. Car. Um, let's see. What do I see like for sports? I see a lot of uh, DraftKings. 
draft. That's a good one. I would think video games would be video one. games. Maybe right? like superhero yes. and action movies. Yes, yes, good. Yes. No, I mean think, Chucky, think the TV show Chucky. Well, that that's part of the USA. I, I you know, um, now if they're really tailoring, what do do you recall what the average age of the NXT viewer is? It's, uh, fifty plus. Fifty plus, and an overwhelmingly male. So, so, so what kind of ads would you expect to see on NXT 2.0? Depends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Blue Chew, uh, Viagra, For Hims. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Okay, people at home can they can Diab- their diabetes own. medication. All right. So, All let me tell you what I did. I decided it came. It came. The thought crossed my head that. Instead of all this babbling, like I've said a million times, that this demo shit is is bullshit. That it that you know when on Dynamite last night when when they said during the show this portion brought to you by State Farm, that's a show. That's that's a that's a advertiser looking to advertise on Dynamite. But for cable, you buy in blocks. Uh, very few shows, even on networks, most of the shows don't really garner individual attention. Like that's why the big hits really do. Like the Big Bang Theory, people want to advertise on it. The Super Bowl, but you know, let's just call SmackDown different. Let's say Fox is is a different animal. But things like USA and TNT, people buy in blocks. They say my budget is two million dollars for the year. How many primetime ads can I get? How many midday ads can I get? How many drive time ads can I get? And then assorted and then if something happens with nick gage and and dominoes they say we're outraged pull us from dynamite they don't pull from tnt it just gets moved they swap out some ad from claws and they put it on dynamite and they put the dominoes ad on claws so anyway so what i actually took it upon myself was this week and i only start tuesday night so only i only have nxt and dynamite as a sample size but here are the ads i took out the network ads. I took out anything WB or anything Peacock, Comcast, Universal, respectively. So during NXT, Taco Bell, Alexa, Pizza Hut, Goldfish, Weiss Supermarkets, BGE Smart Energy, The Movie, West Side Story, Walmart, Sonic, Burger King, Ragu, Rice Krispies Treats, Charmin, T-Mobile, Framebridge, Olay, targeted for women, women's <laughs> products. And then there was a second Olay commercial for a different line of women's products. Dunkin' Donuts, Little Caesars, Uber Eats, Dairy Queen, Hometown Hub, Xfinity Home, Universal Resorts, TikTok, and Kim Crawford Wines. So do you see anything where an obvious age group is particularly tailored to there? Not a particular age group, except for maybe uh, Kim Crawford Wines, but um, I. it does seem to me that they know that the wrestling audience are fat fucks. It, 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 could, it could be that, but you would think that men in their 50s probably stopped doing that, but then again, their wrestling fans, maybe they're single, so that's all they eat, so maybe. So, so, so maybe. So then, but, so the next night is Dynamite, so you would expect a much hipper more vibrant type of ad basis. So what did we get? Yes, we got the in-show State Farm. I'm not counting that. But the first regular ad was State Farm, uh, Golden Corral, Wawa, a BMW dealership, 
Josh Sellers wines, Head and Shoulders, Arby's, Framebridge, CatholicsComeHome.com, Straight Talk <laughs> Wireless, Naomi Wine, Facebook Meta, Svedka Vodka, Popeyes, Liberty Mutual Insurance, Club Crackers, QVC slash HSN, that's one commercial, Taco Bell, Golo, which is like a weight loss uh, medication, Famous Famous Cookies, America's Best Glasses, Dairy Queen, Samsung, AutoZone, Buffalo Wild Wings, Toyota, well, Toyota.com, uh, Navy Federal Credit Union, Vips, VIX Vapo Stick, Ripple Non-Dairy Milk, Stars, Xfinity Home, Progressive Insurance, a prescription gout medication, Bounty <laughs> the Quicker Picker Upper, Star Wars Lego, and Geico Insurance. So oh a lot of those commercials are precisely the same. And if anything, that seems to be steering, in my mind anyway, a little bit older. But if anything, it's just as random a smattering as before on NXT. Audience, draw your own conclusions. I'm telling you the demo shit with, with these networks and these shows is meaningless. It's all nonsense. Yeah. But I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna do a SmackDown, I'm gonna do it with Rampage, I'm gonna do it with Raw, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it and see if we can discern any patterns. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see more analysis of of I, I guess I never realized how much fast food ads are on the wrestling shows, but it yeah, makes well, sense. Maybe stop paying attention to other other shows too. But uh you know, I mean neither one of these shows scream to me young. Neither one of them screamed to be entirely old. It seemed like it was a random smattering of ads heavily on fast food in both cases because, uh, you know, because there's tons of them out there. I mean, you know, things like Samsung and Facebook Meta may be a little bit younger, but Geico Insurance and Progressive Insurance, and they're younger than Liberty Mutual or State Farm or vice versa. What about Svedka? Yeah, I don't know about the, the vodka. A lot of these commercials repeat themselves. But so Svedka repeated a lot. The Taco Bell repeated a lot. And Golden Corral repeated. It was like on six times during Dynamite. So, I mean, Golden Corral, I mean, that's, I mean, that could be your broke college. Is that, are you, are you trying to get Golden Corral to be uh, our next sponsor? If I do, the, the gold will be real. Believe me, you, you'll get great copy, Golden Corral. Um, <laughs> Ratings, SmackDown, 2.1, trending now, but not much. Raw, 1.58, up by about 30,000. I know, trending up. NXT, Bomb Dive, 574. MLW, last three weeks, and the most recent show was, I think, a pay-per-view event that had a fancy name to it. 41,000, a week ago, 57,000, two weeks ago, 69,000. So MLW, which seemed to have some momentum, was going into like the night, the 80, the 90s, even the six figures once you would get three weeks out. Ever since it went on TV, it's like they killed their own buzz by it's well, it's like me, it's like Icarus. They flew too cold, close to the sun and their, their wings melted off. Um, so a little bit sad, but I don't care because I'm feuding with EJ and Duca. No, I'm not feuding, we just said that one thing. Um, some other news wrestling there was a big event literally called the big event poorly advertised in in new york during the full uh, full gear weekend um aj lee aj mendez mrs cm punk she was doing autograph signings which uh included two photos 
uh, and you couldn't take your own picture or anything like that, you would be kicked out. It, it was very strict terms. Three hundred dollars was was how much you had to pay for that. So for AJ, my, Mendes, friend, my friend got one. Well, congratulations! And, and, she, didn't, and she 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 took the <laughs> for three hundred dollars. He was without his mask. She kept hers on. Smart. Um, Kylie Ray, not not Kaylee Ray from NXT, but Kylie Ray, the the wrestler who left AEW, then left Impact, and keeps retiring. And I'm retiring. She's on NWA, and everyone's like she's battling mental health. Well, it turns out she was battling addiction. Listen, addiction and mental health are, are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they often go together. So, but she recently posted that she had her 30 day re recovery chip. So, congratulations to her. Um, few minor injuries in AEW that look pretty minor. Eddie Kingston, minor injury. Obviously, he's already in a program. Malachi Black, back to doing promos. So, his injury, who knows, might be keeping him on the sidelines a little bit longer. Lance Archer. They're saying he's fine, but he hasn't been in action ever since he landed on his head. So, I heard uh, he got a concussion. Uh, he, well, if he got a concussion, he's lucky it's only a concussion. Yeah. Damn. But that, that's the news. We already talked about Lethal. Oh, no, we, we talked about the Briscoes. We missed, we missed one thing about the news, and that was Flair saying that uh, Ric Flair this week, or even as early as today, Thursday, decided to go to the airways. First, he's got a new podcast that uh, he's he's hawking. Mm -hmm. Besides Blue Chew. I mean, sorry, Woo Chew. Right. He's, it's a Conrad show. He's doing it with Mark Madden, who somehow is still adjacent <clears throat> to wrestling. Yeah. Even Conrad doesn't want to touch Ric Flair at this point in time. Like he'll do a show with everybody, but now he doesn't want to do the show with Ric Flair. So he put Mark Madden on it. And so it's supposed to be like Flair uncensored or something like that. So I guess to hype it up, uh, he's been saying some crazy stuff online through his Twitter. And I, I read somewhere that he's got, I don't know if this was a joke or if this was being uh, legitimate, but I read somewhere that he's, he's hired Marty Jannetty's social media team. I think it was a joke <laughs> because <laughs> I don't see Marty Jannetty having a social media team. Um, anyways, Rick decides to say that WWE is erasing his legacy and that he wants his NWA championship back and the WCW championship back. And people started questioning him like, didn't you gift the NWA title to Triple H? Which he did. But I guess now he wants it back because I guess they're, they're, he needs money i guess to hawk it i don't know who knows so i'm so over flair he's uh is this a the downward spiral what what are we what are we watching jeff are well we i think we've already seen the downward spiral i think we're we're towards the bottom of the whirlwind at this point uh, i mean this this is this is just sad and just expecting to keep saying stupid things and i and i think that you know I, this is sad cuz rick flair was my favorite growing up. I mean, it's such personality. I didn't yeah. even know that the other companies existed. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is okay. And then Ric Flair came out. I'm like transfixed every week. I had to I, waiting for Ric Flair and the Road Warriors. That was that was that's all I cared about was was seeing those guys. Um, 
just just sad to learn about him. I mean, I read his book. It was terrible. He was a crybaby. It seems like he's a crybaby in real life. And obviously, he never saved a dime in his life, and he still hasn't. Even after he made the big deal about finally getting the same payday as Hogan for Saudi Arabia, I mean, no matter what they give him, it, it goes out the window. Vince McMahon has paid his IRS debts several times. I, I think he just gave paid it for him. If they were loans, they were loans. I don't know. Whatever it was, nobody's doing that for me. Um, not that I have, not that I owe two hundred thousand dollars to the IRS allegedly. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 this is just sad. Those are not his belts. I mean, I don't know that, that the wrestler ever owns the belts. I mean, I think that's sort of a new thing that they start giving, letting people keep the belts. I mean, it, you used to have to pay a security deposit to make sure you return the belt. I mean, that was a big deal when Ric Flair left WCW high and dry. He kidnapped the belt, and, you know, he only relented it um, because somebody paid the, the $25,000 security deposit that they were holding. It's it's like somehow they worked that out. I got probably WWE paid it for him. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the whole thing with Tessa recently is that she wasn't returning the impact belt and like, well, we're going to hold your $10,000 security deposit. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And if you bought it and then gifted it to AAA, it, it ain't his. Yeah, I I just, it's sad to see... First off, I don't think WWE is erasing his legacy. I mean, he's recently, again, it was like two months ago that, you know, this whole dark side of the ring plane incident came out of the woodwork again. And he's, you know, seen whipping his dick out or or allegedly, you know, coming on to a woman. He's denying it. Meanwhile, there's plenty of people that say, They've seen Rick. <laughs> They've seen right, Rick the Flair defense was it was just Rick being Rick. Yeah, he never actually would have raped somebody. I mean, yeah, that was basically the defense. <clears throat> so it's bad enough, especially for a publicly traded company, to just kind of have to defend that or, or or seemingly defend it. So they let him go, and they... no, he asked for his release before it even aired. Yeah, and they gave no, it to they him. Agreed, now they probably they... knew it was coming. What I mean by let him go is not physically let him go, but like they let go of like everything that like, you know, him on the on the Hall of Fame page and him. Yeah, but they put it back. They've they they put it back plenty of times, plenty of times that he's done some dumb shit and and fucking got erased. Well, he did with Hogan and they put him back. I was about to just say that, too, is look at Hogan. Like he did the same dumb shit, just different to a different degree. Right. The, the only person who's permanently erased is Benoit. I mean, Snooker's not even permanently erased. Yeah, so, I mean, if he would just sit sit pat and just chill out, like, wouldn't be such a big deal. He's but... Done. but he's done. He has no impulse control. He's like he's like an old child. Yeah, it's such a shame, man. I mean, he was, he's been one of my favorites for a long, long time, and... Uh... Just, don't meet uh, your heroes. Never meet your heroes, folks. Meet your don't heroes, meet. Man. Don't meet Steve and I. Don't. We no. We want them to meet us. We want to. That's our goal: is to just be at a WrestleCon and be. I, like I don't want to meet any five dollars for a picture. There's, there's not a single one of you I want to meet. I want to meet all of you. Five dollars for a picture. Not unless you're paying sponsorships hand. like Preparation Triple H. <laughs> and what was the one uh, gimmick factory that helped Wheeler factory. Yuta? AJ Stylists, yeah, good yeah, one. Nikki Astros, lots of good ones. All very good ones. I can't wait till to hear them next next week. Oh, I'm not doing this every week. <laughs> we need to, we need to step up our game. 
Listen, when you remember to talk about the releases from 2020, I will consider writing new ones. Okay, copy that. Mm -hmm. what, we're, we're, in we're practically uh, over with 2021. They released Remember? 70 people in, in 2020. Nobody or cares 45. about 70. Nobody cares I do, about those guys. I, no, because the purpose is I want to see how many of them are employed, period, in wrestling, let alone in doing something good. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side, but there are still a lot of people who are like, well, the, the people having freedom to work wherever they want is great. Who has freedom to work wherever they want? Do you? Do I? <laughs> no, nobody has freedom to work wherever I want. You have to apply and somebody has to want you. And and when there's 200 free agents out there, it's harder to do it and your price goes down. I mean, it's the opposite of inflation. I mean, you would think people would understand economic pressures given that we're having inflation for the first time in 25 years. Would If you had the choice to work wherever you wanted if you had freedom of choice in your job, which golden corral would you choose? The one that has both brown gravy and white gravy. Oh, okay. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. All right. I like that you like diversity in your gravy. Yeah. You know, and I also want the one that, that serves both right Twix and left Twix because I can be crazy that way. Oh, you're unpredictable. I am. Wow. Well, I think we've covered it all, Jeff. We've done it again. Here we are. It's all wow. been spoken about in this episode of the Hammerlock Hangover. Thank you for listening this uh, far into the podcast. Um, greatly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed our banter, our discussion, our analysis of wrestling, please make sure you like, uh, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is on your device that uh, you are listening to this podcast on please make sure that you click on that so you follow us and get notifications if there's a little bell hit the bell so that way you get notified when we ever drop a new episode usually we drop them or try to drop them on fridays so that way you've got something to listen to over the weekend and thereafter um jeff uh any final plugs Garden of Doom, we're in the middle of UFO month. Um, I'm at Icarus Fell MD. Uh, the rest is, you can also catch me on a bunch of the PWC and Atmark Media and also some Hameen Media Group uh, wrestling podcasts, especially this last 10 days. It's been crazy, uh, but great. Um, but yeah, no, Steve, you, you got the rest of the plugs. Oh, support yeah. our sponsors. Support all of our sponsors. Thank you. Support all our sponsors and all our uh, podcast networks. Again, I'll shout them out. It's the Wrestling Soup Podcast Network, at Mark Media Network, and the Pro Wrestling Coalition. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, your support. We truly appreciate being on your podcast streams. And please check out our um, all the other great shows on those podcast networks. Um, Hammerlock Hangover, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Hammerlock Hangover and you'll see our logo. Please make sure you follow us there and that way you can um, or like the page and you will see um, some funny wrestling memes that we post from time to time. And also Jeff and I kind of drop our thoughts um, on that page as well. 
And I'm sorry for the lesbian us. haircut comment to any lesbians listening. Sorry. You're, you oh, you should apologize to Rachel Maddow. How dare you? I, I just did. I'm, I'm, I love all Rhodes Scholars. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at HammerlockHO. You can also email us any questions, comments, anything you might be confused about. We will make sure our best effort to try and respond to you, whether on the email itself or on the show. You can email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I think that is it. That covers everything. Please don't erase us from your history, like WWE is erasing Ric Flair from theirs. Guys, this has been episode 59. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Please uh, share with um, any other wrestling friends or groups that might be interested in the show. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. You can catch me on uh, Twitter at Big Daddy Cool and on Unpopular Review. We do review shows for wrestling, movies, TV shows. Please make sure that uh, I, I do a review show for the Monday Night Raw. So right directly after Monday Night Raw, you can find us on YouTube at Unpopular Review um, on YouTube. Guys, that's it. Thank you for listening and uh, have a great week. Stable, my friends. And if you liked what you saw, tell your friends, tell your family, tweet about it. And if you didn't like it, shut the fuck up.